Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Oh, I thought of a way to make this very simple so you will understand. Would you please give me a spotlight? Do you get what I'm saying now? This is not about you, this is about me being in the spotlight where I deserve to be. Hello, welcome everyone to the spotlight here on Fightful.com. I'm Jeremy Lambert. That, as always, is Steven Jensen. Jensen, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm doing way better than last week. Way better. Um, <laughs> last week yeah. we were off. We no one, no one needs to know the behind the scenes stories of why we were off. I just we took took the week off. Uh, I got married, so got a got this ring on my finger now. So we just we didn't do a show. I was. You know, trying to enjoy enjoy married life for a week. Yes, very true. So I'm just getting our, our links retweeted here as as we get rolling. There we go. Um, Shout out to Big Dave Batista, Big Dick Dave Batista <laughs> for doing you, the intro you. as always. Yes, yes, absolutely. Thank you, thank you, Big Dave. We appreciate it, man. We appreciate it, friend. Um, but uh, but yeah, last week. I mean, hey. So I do want to say right off the top because this is the first show we've done since the wedding. Congratulations again. It was an awesome wedding. It was a lot of fun. It was great meeting you in person finally and Sean and his wife, Kara. And I know uh, you don't like to put the EP's name out there, but it was great to meet her in person finally. And um, I mean, Joel Pearl and and um, yeah, <laughs> Andrew Thompson and um, of course, Cassidy Haynes and SP3 got to room with them and stuff. I mean, that was, it was a really good time. I appreciate, I, I appreciate um, the invite. And, uh, and yeah, the, uh, the plane ride back for me was really, really bad. I don't want to talk about it too much. I've talked about it a little bit on like some other podcasts, but like, um, I'll never fly on an airplane again ever in my life. I've, I've made that definitive, uh, decision, but it was worth it still to be able to come out there and be at your wedding, meet all those people and, uh, do a little action figure hunting afterwards too. You, you showed me that, uh, that little uh well it shouldn't, it shouldn't say little that place is huge but yeah. that'd be uh that spot was that spot was really cool too I, that'd be a big problem if i lived uh local i'd be <laughs> buying stuff all the time the only, I, I would have spent hundreds of dollars in there had i not been traveling because i couldn't have like 
flown home with like a lot of the stuff in the boxes and stuff. Um, but anyway, yeah, that all said, glad to be back this week. Missed doing the show last week, but I'm, I'm happy we're back here. We are back. We have a lot to talk about. But before that, yes, thank you for, for attending the wedding. Thank you, everybody, for all the support and the love I've gotten over the last almost two weeks now. Uh, married life and whatnot. So appreciate appreciate all you guys for, uh, you know, hanging out and congratulating us and celebrating our love with us. But it, it did mean a lot that you and everyone you mentioned and, and a ton of other people, like, traveled from – Denise Salcedo came from Denise California. Salcedo, of course. Uh, yes. Like – the and, and Joel Pearl came from Canada. Uh, his wife, who is much better than him, um, but yeah, the the fact that Cher, her, she was there too. Another state, Cher Delaware was I mean, there. Geez. I hear, I, I feel bad, I'm missing people, but yeah, I, I met like all these people pretty much for the first time, which is crazy. Yeah, I appreciate everyone who uh, you know traveled out of state to be there just to hang out and, and celebrate celebrate our love. So that that really meant a lot to me. And again, thank you to to you uh, for for doing that. And it was great to. Great to finally meet you, the Spotlight Boys, live and in person. And then we, we had lunch the next day. Uh, us, Cassie, uh, Joel, and uh, his wife, and, and my new wife. Yes, we did. It was a, <coughs> excuse me, it was a really good time. And uh, and yeah, I liked uh, I liked that area too. That uh, like Talmadge, Akron, whatever you call it. Don't don't right use shoot names. No shoot names. It's just Akron. Just Akron. Okay. Yeah, don't give away locations. Yeah. Well, that was just where we where we had lunch. You know, that was it. Like, I don't know. I don't know where we actually are around, like, on, like, a day-to-day. I have no idea. But, like, um, I just had that little, that, I guess, Cleveland. Did I say Cleveland? Really, everywhere I went. In Ohio. That, we, in are Ohio. In, we are Ohio. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I, I don't mean to. I'm not trying to, like, dox anybody here, like, throw anybody yeah. out. I'm, I'm not trying to do that. But my point was. I had no idea what to expect out of the towns that, that I went through and they were all nice little towns. Like I could totally see like that little, the little area we were at where we got lunch, there was like the, um, there was like the, um, the spot that I went to that had like all like the, like the used and pre-owned like DVDs and like Sega Genesis's and like all like, they had like all like the retro consoles and Funko pops and AEW figures and stuff. And then like right next to that, there's like a target and right next to that, there's like there's like a Home Depot there, and there's like all the fast food. And I was like, oh, like yeah, if I was around here, like this would just be the street. I would just get everything done on like all the time. Like so, uh, so yeah, I, I thought it was a. And I, I, the the venue that you you guys you know where you got married and everything was really it was really really nice. Like I thought it was a it was a cool little area. I had no idea what to expect out of it. Uh, the wife says, send a list of things you're looking to collect, and we'll go there and and ship them ship them to you. Okay, from, I appreciate that. that. I, I the, the the people at the store saw me like eyeing some stuff because there was like there was like a Sega like like a thirty two X there and stuff for like and I was like considering I was I, I was considering maybe buying they had um WCW Backstage Assault and WCW Mayhem both like mint oh. in box the ungraded but like good enough condition that I could have got them graded yeah. and I was like <clears throat> and they were like a hundred bucks each and I was like this actually isn't a bad price like as crazy as that sounds but. And then the dude was like, he's like, yeah, man, if you, uh, if, if there's stuff you need, we can always just like mail it to you. And I was like, like ship it out to you. And I was like, okay, great. So like, I went up to the front with like, with like more stuff than what I wound up leaving with. And they were like, like oh yeah, we can't actually ship this. I, I, I didn't realize. And I was like, oh, well then I'll only take like that and that because I got to bust those out of the box and, and get them on an airplane. But, <laughs> um, but, but still, no, I will, um, I will absolutely let y'all know. Um, the next time you're in there, 
give me a heads up because yeah, they had a they had a ton. Of, I mean, yeah, between the pops and the action figures and the video game stuff, like that was that was a very impressive. I'm glad you you told me about it too because I was about to just go to Target and you were like, oh, you should also check out this place. And I was like, oh, dude, yeah, glad you told me about that place. The place is awesome. Uh, yes, again, thank you, thank you for coming. Yeah, the wife says we'll shop and then just Facetime with you. Uh, okay, cool. Just look around. All right, let, we got a lot to talk about here. Let's get into into some wrestling. We're going to start with our WWE spotlight. Want to be a professional wrestler, or do you want to be a WWE superstar? WWE superstar sounds a whole lot better to me than being a professional wrestler. A man who is the epitome of a WWE superstar. He is back. In the official reveal at Extreme Rules, Bray Wyatt back in the fold. They've had the White Rabbit, the QR codes for the past couple of weeks. We've talked about it. We all kind of figured it was going to be Bray Wyatt. If it wasn't Bray Wyatt, it seemed like it was going to be a letdown. Extreme Rules closes. They do the little cryon graphic at the end of like, ah, here's the show closer. We're off the air. And then the lights go down. Michael Cole wonders if they're still on the air. We get references to the Firefly Funhouse. We get a door with a light shining through. And then Bray steps out from the door. He has a new mask on. He takes the mask off to reveal himself. He says he is here. Bray Wyatt's back. Steven Jensen, what did you think of this theatrical production that they did? And what are you expecting from his return? I thought it was a really well done uh, return, like aesthetically, like visually and everything. And like the way that they did it, it was, it was like, Everyone knew it was going to be Bray, but there was just enough doubt that it might be something different. There might be some sort of swerve. Um, but once he started doing the whole, you know, whole world in his hands, that that song started looping and the crowd was like, the anticipation was growing. And now, you know, like it's Bray. And I saw someone online. Let's see if I can, if I can find it real quick. I know I retweeted it, so it should pop up pretty fast. Um they they tweeted out and it might be a stretch, but with Bray Wyatt and like in the way how meticulous the return was and stuff, I don't feel like anything is like a coincidence when it comes to this kind of stuff. But like there was, um, man, I want to give this guy credit for tweeting this, but I can't find it. Um, but basically, he tweeted out a picture of Bray's return when he went through the door, right next to a picture of when Brody Lee debuted yeah. as the Exalted One, and um and i was like that actually that there probably is something to that like because it really it really looked it was like the same exact color lighting going through the door and like the door almost looked identical and it's like i could totally see bray incorporating that into his return as like a nod to brody um so yeah i thought there i thought the return once again i mean massive pop the holy shit chance like immediately when he walked through the thing and the, i mean they were loud as hell i mean that, that was that was a really cool return. Um, and I'm happy it was him because it's what the fans wanted. They, they gave the fans what they want. I'm all for it. Um, a little bit extra thoughts though, as far as like the future for Bray Wyatt and everything, I will say, cause I, I, I thought it was, it was, um, I don't know what the right word is. I thought it made sense how they had like the, like the, the puppets come to life in the crowd. Like I thought it was smart how they did that. And, It'll be interesting to see how they explain Bray. Maybe he, I, I feel like he's like shedding that character. He's like overcome those characters yeah. is how it feels. Um, but going forward, I also want to mention like for me personally, because I, I like Bray. Like I, I think he's a, 
a really uh, intriguing uh, guy, a really interesting guy. He, he, they've lost me on his character before, though. Like there, there have been times where, like, I, I my favorite version of him is like the backwoods cult leader, uh, Wyatt family, like the original when he debuted on the main roster with Wyatt, with uh, with Rowan and Harper, and with the um, when they incorporated Danielson and stuff. Like I thought, I, I really, really, really liked that version of Bray Wyatt when they made him kind of like the Undertaker wannabe, kind of like darker going into WrestleMania, um, his WrestleMania match with Undertaker and that kind of stuff. They lost me a little bit, and they really lost me during The Fiend. Like, I thought The Fiend stuff was very intriguing, but when, by the time he got, like, burned uh, crisp and, like, came back all looking weird and stuff, I was like, they just, you know, they just lost me so many times. The, the, the Hell in a Cell match with Seth, like, there was multiple times where, like, they really lost me with Bray. This, to me, feels like, like the last chance, for me at least, where it's like, all right, clean slate, you're massively over, took a year off, refresh, regenerate, new boss in charge, new creative direction, new new vibe, new swagger to the office, like new like this is you are set up for success. Like if this version of whatever Bray Wyatt's about to do winds up flopping, you know, months down the line, I I, I don't know what to say because at that point it's like how many times do you reinvent yourself? But like that said, they they I thought the return was really well done, and they're setting him up for success, in my opinion. But they they really need he really needs in between himself and the WWE is both both have to, um. But they they really need to like they really need to capitalize on this. Like, there's a ton of buzz. He's massively over. Wasn't on Raw on Monday. I thought that was kind of a surprising move. Like, I figured they'd definitely have him on the show because people would be going nuts, but. Anyway, that's pretty much all my thoughts on it. I get it all out there from, you know, his debut all the way to kind of what I think is, is looking like in the future. As far as like feuds and stuff, I don't I don't know immediately, but like I, I know they gotta do Cody versus versus Bray at some point. Yeah. The, this the story of Husky Harris and his NXT coach Cody Rhodes. Like that's that's gotta happen at some point. So anyway, what are I, I wanna hear all your thoughts on on Bray's return and, and where you think it's going and everything. Oh, I'm I'm super excited. Everyone who who knows me knows that I love The Fiend because it was dumb as hell and they just kept doing wacky shit. I think I became, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, infamous for the bits that I would do. The Fiend bits, the the burnt Fiend, the the chocolate syrup bit and everything like that. That became just part of my, my shtick. So I'm very excited. Not even like unironically. I, I guess it is ironic, but... I'm excited to see where he takes this because Bray, obviously very creative. Triple H has talked about it before when he talked about Bray possibly returning of like Bray has a million ideas and you got to harness that into the box like structure to, to keep him in line uh, to where it doesn't get too big and just blow up everything. So I, they they'll probably have issue doing that because he does have so many ideas I mean, we saw with the, the QR codes and, and just the return and everything, very deep stuff that they were doing. Uh, you can you can not like it. I, I understand that. But the, they put a lot of thought into all mm-hmm. of that, like putting HTML code in there to make you go to like source codes on websites, things like that, like 
putting location points and, and, and whatnot, like all the different clues they were dropping and everything. Like they put a lot of thought and effort in that. And I, I thought it was, it, it was obviously very different from what they would typically do. So I like that. I like how much Bray thinks outside the box. I don't want that contained into, into, you know, a, a box. I want it all over the place. I tweeted it and people were, I don't know how they took it. I don't care. I want all the dumb shit. Steven Jensen. Mm. I want him setting people on fire. I was mad. Raw ended with the, the, the old dudes out there just like, hey, suck it. And then celebration. And that's it. Wanted the lights to go down. And when they came back up, I understand. Oh, they can't take bumps. They're too old. The Triple H isn't going to take a bump. Sean's like, none of these guys are going to take bumps. Fine. We've seen it in the past where Ric Flair couldn't take a bump. So they do the lights out. And then Flair is just down. Do that. Lights go down. They come back up and Road Dog is decapitated or something. Not, not actually decapitated. He's missing an arm. He's got a saw off his arm. I wanted saw. I wanted some saw shit out there. Like, that's what I wanted out of this. They're all bloody. Maybe somebody set on fire. Uh, what, what did DX do? He ran over with a tank. The, the tank is in the ring and everybody is just under the tank. And Bray is on the top of the tank just laughing. This, this is the dumb shit that I want. That's the cool stuff that I want uh, out, of, out of Bray Wyatt. And people are going to be like, oh, that, that's stupid. That's over the top. Yes, all of this is stupid and over the top. That's what was so appealing to me about The Fiend. That's why I loved it, is that like it kind of took itself serious. And I think Bray wanted to take itself serious. But it got so much into the realm of absurdity that that's yeah. what I loved about it. And that's what I love about Bray compared to something like House of Black, where... I'm not typically a fan of that stuff because when it does take itself too serious, I don't like it. When it gets to the absurd point of let's pull out a giant fucking mallet. Let's just light people on fire. Let's have a burnt fiend out there. Let's have people coughing up motor oil. That's absurdity to me. That's what I want. The absurdity of all of this. And I hope he does that. The mask he's got on makes me believe he's some type of serial killer. So I assume they've already got one in Dexter Loomis. I assume he's just going to start murdering people. And that's why everybody in DX should have been decapitated at the end of the show. And then we just have a great old murder mystery on our hands, even though we know it's Bray Wyatt. Could be Dexter Loomis. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I could see Dexter Loomis being like a part of this group too, potentially. I could see him. I don't want a group. No group. Just him alone. No, this Wyatt Six stuff, and it's like, oh, who are the characters and stuff? I'm with you that 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 should be in the past. I and I think that's what they were kind of going for. I guess we'll see. But the whole world in his hands. Um, they they made allusions to a lot of his past characters. I think he's leaving that stuff behind, and he's gonna do something different. I don't want a group. I want Bray just doing shit on his own. I don't want him pulling. I, you know, people have said Liv Morgan. There was that, oh, this stuff. Joe Gacy is going to get called up. You know, Loomis could be a factor. They got a lot of spooky people. Karrion Cross. People have said like they got they got that stuff. I want absurd Bray Wyatt on his own, just feuding with I don't care who, whoever's willing to set themselves on fire and fall off of high things. That's what I want. No group though. <clears throat> see that's that's part of the problem with bray though too and it's probably the honestly the biggest problem with bray because there are some like glaring issues that i think bray deals with especially from like fan perception like for instance before he was the fiend when he was like in between doing kind of like 
the the one of the like the darker Undertaker ish type stuff. You just like talk. You just like ramble, like just like talk in circles about just like this. It felt like he was cutting the same promo no matter who his opponent was, and it just never made any sense. And then especially if you lose the match, then it just be like, well, what was all that for? You know, like it was just it just it just didn't click at certain times. And I saw Seth Rollins. I talked about this with Doug on Tuesday as well, but I I know that Seth Rollins just did an interview recently, and I think there was a lot of truth to what he was saying about like pretty much when pretty much all the opponents of the fiend came out of it like way worse off like him him being a good example of that like how long it took seth rollins to recover after his feud with the fiend and i think that that is a good point and it's worth mentioning because for whatever reason well i shouldn't say whatever reason it's because of the this gimmick specifically for bray wyatt like for his gimmick to work he has to be winning to you know usually like mostly and he has to be getting pushed like to a certain degree but like because of the character he doesn't make really the most sense to be like the world champion of the show so he has to win a lot but not necessarily win the world title so he's got to kind of avoid a certain group there and then everyone he's wrestling it's just kind of it's weird it's like a lose-lose situation because if Bray beats them and they come out of the feud looking like way worse, like Seth Rollins did, for example, that hurts, that hurts him big time. But if, but if the fiend loses like that really, really, really hurts his character because the character becomes less believable. It's really hard to buy into a guy who's always talking about all this stuff, but at the end of the day, he just loses the big match. Like, so he's got to win a lot of those big match, most of those big matches for the, for the character to stay credible. And his character is so, you know, integral to what he is. Like, it's one of those things where, like, Bray Wyatt, just as as Wyndham Rotunda or whatever, just the human being, that's, you know, that's probably an interesting, I'm sure it's a very interesting guy, but it's, like, for, for something like The Fiend or, like, whatever this new character is to succeed, it has to be, it's just, he's just mega ultra character-based. And so in a big part of that character is, 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 is contingent on him winning big matches or else it's once again, it's just hard to buy into. So like, I just want to throw that out there also, like they just have to be really careful about how they book him because you don't want his opponents coming out of it, looking way worse off and having to recover afterwards. Um, and you can't have him losing often either. So like, they, so I'm, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see how they like who his opponents are going to be going forward, especially when the build up to WrestleMania, because I, I still got to believe Cody's taking that title off Roman. Like, I feel like it's still got to be him, but like I said, but I, but I feel like why it's got to have like some really big stuff heading into WrestleMania. And if, and if not for the world title, like who's it going to, like, do you have any predictions? Like, do you think they go back to him and Rollins like pretty much right away or something for, like that? Uh, for Bray? For, for Bray. Yeah. Here's the thing. There's a blueprint for for bray and the blueprint is the undertaker the, right. the undertaker wrestled however often he wrestled it wasn't too too much and he was involved in world title stuff um especially in, in like attitude era portions like he was he was wrestling austin and everything i'm talking more uh like smackdown undertaker and more early undertaker he doesn't need to be involved with arguably top guys. He can right. do shit with like the Miz 
I, I think Miz is about to lose to Loomis, so that's going to take some like luster off of Miz and everything right now, anyway. But it, and let's say okay, so let's say he's on SmackDown. I don't know if you want to put him with Drew because Drew is losing to Cross, and that that's probably not going to look great. Have him do something with Cross. He can beat Cross because yeah. I think Bray technically is going. He's going to get cheered, so he'll be a babyface. And they they're blurring a lot of lines right now when it comes to babyface heel, anyway. Have them have them feud with somebody like Cross. Like do that off of the gate. I don't want a group. Have, keep the spooky guy there to, together with each other. Cross can do his menacing stuff, whatever. But there's the blueprint with the Undertaker of you can do stuff with top guys that isn't like world title stuff. And Undertaker lost. It was okay. Like you just have to book it in a certain way of how you lose. You know, he lost to uh going back to, to early 90s stuff, lost to Yokozuna in the casket match. That was a world title match. Like mm-hmm. he, he lost to uh he lost to Foley in, in some matches as well. The boiler room brawl. Like he can lose matches. It's okay. It's just a matter of protecting him and, and the way he loses these matches. And that was something they didn't do with like the Goldberg loss of oh, we made him to be this super invincible guy. And then all of a sudden Goldberg comes in and beats him with a couple of spears and jackhammers. Yeah, it and, bad. and that was that. So there, I think there are ways to book Bray Wyatt. I think everybody is kind of on pins and needles of how they're going to book him because of what they've done in the past. And I completely understand that. that that's I get that. And you're right when like he had some momentum uh, as kind of like the eater of worlds stuff uh like when he was feuding like the undertaker feud going he should have won that feud against 100 percent. we should have been john cena wrestlemania and everyone knows i'm a big cena guy but same for for booking wise he should have beat cena in that match as well like i'm not saying have him lose every single match but if you're gonna build him up to to do something have him win big matches that he needs to win definitely have him just beat kind of mid-card upper mid-card guys and if he's going to lose these big matches to somebody like roman reigns i don't know if roman wants to get involved in this shit um but if he's gonna to somebody like drew mcintyre because i do think drew drew's willing to do anything but i don't know if drew needs to be taking a bunch of losses right now if he's gonna do something with like drew there are ways to beat bray just go to an go to the undertaker formula Study how Undertaker was booked and stayed over throughout the 90s of having big matches, winning big matches, but also losing and how he lost when he needed to lose. Yeah, I'm on board with that. That all that all makes perfect sense. They just have to be careful about how Bray loses. Because like you said, like they haven't done a good job of that with like the Goldberg stuff. And like they, there's example, like the Randy Orton stuff was weird too. Like with his feud with Randy, like all, all the feuds he had with Randy wound up being really weird and stuff. Um, even before he was the fiend, when they did the WrestleMania match and they put like the, the projector of like the, like the, the worms or whatever it was on the, on the ring. Yeah, like, I mean, it was just, yeah, it's great. just like, yeah, it's, it's very stupid, goofy. but it's um, great. <laughs> riddle riddle's a guy riddle's another role guy, yes but that, riddle's yeah. a guy that like he could just beat and people will probably be fine with that I imagine most people will be fine with that smackdown i i do think it might be kind of tough um i think yeah, cross I'm makes trying. sense though like i mean i think you're you're on on track with with the prediction like that the only issue i would have with that to be honest is the match itself probably wouldn't be very good unless there's like a lot of like um, keep it do, do like a five do a five minute match who cares yeah. 
Like give me, give me five minutes of whatever and then get out. Everybody's going to be like, Oh, Bray's a win the bell rings kind of guy. And like, look, there ain't that many great Bray Wyatt matches out there. If he ain't in the ring with the all-time goat, Brian Daniels. I was going to say his Danielson matches were really yeah, good. Yeah. He's yeah. probably not having a great match, but you don't need to do uh, a 20 minute Epic or anything like that. Keep it, keep it under 10 minutes and it'll be fine. I, I don't think you're going to see an offensive 10 minute cross and Bray Wyatt match. I could be completely wrong, but if you keep it under 10 minutes, it'll probably be okay. And it's all, it's all about the story anyway with those two. Oh, I do like my suggestion of a, let me pat myself, Barry Horowitz myself there of a, of a carry and cross feud. I don't know if that's where they're going. I have no idea where they're going with this. Honestly, if he just shows up, just does a bunch of spooky shit every single week, it's just like never wrestles. I think that'd be the greatest gimmick in the world. Uh, just get paid millions to basically make your horror film every week. And you don't actually have to do any of the physical stuff. Like if you get that deal, if he, if he, if he held them up for that kind of deal, bless that man. Yeah. That, that's another level of working right there, brother. <laughs> uh, I'm interested in the Bray stuff. It seems like he's going to be SmackDown exclusive. I will exclusively not report that Fox pushed for Bray Wyatt's return and they wanted him on SmackDown and they said, fuck USA network. And they, they, they brought Bray back into the fold. And that is why he is back because this was a Fox call of everything. I'm waiting for that report to come out, by the way, somebody's going to end up reporting it just because of the optics of, Oh, he's only on SmackDown. Fox must've made this call. Once again, I don't understand why they haven't just gotten rid of that brand split. It's so stupid to me. Like, then you have access to both rosters without having to try to, like, backdoor explain things and stuff. I mean, just, then you don't have to make anything up. It's just like, Well, they, they don't even try at this point. They're just well, like, no, 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 they don't. But just show up. I'm just saying, like, it's just like, there shouldn't even be a, dis- we shouldn't even be discussing this right now. It should just be Bray Wyatt's back in the WWE and when you see him on Fridays, you see him on Fridays. When you see him on Mondays, you see him on Mondays. Like, it, like you know what I mean? Like, it's, I think I think the brand split is, is just a dumb idea at this point. Anyways, um, yeah. And also, um, I, I don't know. Do you have any other Bray Wyatt thoughts? Because I know we have another big return to talk let about. Bray, let Bray cook. That's my let final go. thoughts. Let Bray cook. <laughs> and the other big return this week was the Good Brothers, the OC. Doc Gallows, Carl Anderson. Uh, I, I think Sean reported that, you know, they kind of been in talks and PW Insider said that they could be in as early as the end of this month. They were in on Monday. They, they've been kind of alluding to it on television with uh, AJ and Finn and AJ not joining up with, with Finn in the Judgment Day. And they came back on Monday. Gallows and Anderson are back. Carl Anderson is still the never openweight champion. He's still mm-hmm. advertised to defend the title against Hikaleo uh, on November 5th. And they've talked about wanting to work Wrestle Kingdom and stuff. But for now, they're back in WWE. They're at least going to... New Japan retweeted their return. So there's some type of working relationship there. Some type of agreement between WWE and New Japan. But thoughts on the Good Brothers being back? Um. Well, yeah, that all ties together. I think that... Uh... Obviously, it's exciting to know that there's some sort of working relationship with New Japan. Now, to what extent that is, who knows? I mean, years back, I remember Jushin Thunder Liger coming in to wrestle Tyler Breeze on on NXT, and that was just a one-off thing. Um, but I think Triple H has wanted a relationship with this for a very long time. 
Yeah. Um, and I think this really opens it up. Um, I could see this also. I really, I really think it's going to open it up for for um, forbidden door stuff that involves AEW and WWE as well at some point in the, in the future too. Like I really do. Like I don't know if it's going to happen immediately. I know there's like Tony seems kind of salty based on like some of the interviews I've heard about like some maybe some of his attempts for some of that stuff recently. But I guess he hasn't confirmed exactly when these conversations took place. But but my point is, I think that. Um, I think this is like it's a really good sign of like good faith going forward for the WWE and like their willingness to work with other companies. I think that's huge. Um, and it and for the Good Brothers, honestly, like it, it makes all the sense in the world because to be honest, I think they're gonna stay the most over that they're gonna be in New Japan. Like I think WWE, like they'll work out. Like they're like people know who they are. Obviously, they've been there before, but I would honestly have to consider their first WWE run a, a pretty big flop in my opinion, based on, like, the expectations. And then their Impact run, like, really, there was a lot of buzz when they first got to Impact, and then it just kind of, like, they just kind of got lost in the mix as well there. It just kind of feels like. But at least at least for them um, coming into WWE again, I, once again, it's giving them a big chance to succeed because you put them right with AJ. Me, personally, there's I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that agree with me and a lot of people that disagree with me about this, but, like, you know, Finn Balor, he might as well honestly just go back to like cool guy Finn who paints himself every now and then, but like just join these other guys, like just do the Bullet Club thing. Like you don't even have to call it the Bullet Club. I know that the Bullet Club is played out and like it's it's been around forever and it doesn't have the buzz it used to have, but this Judgment Day thing just doesn't work for me at all. And like him being a part of it just seems weird. If like finally they have like they have Gallows Anderson and, and AJ. And now Triple H is in charge, and they're actually willing to like do something good with with that group. Like put them with Finn. Like let's actually get the group we wanted for all these years, and let them just let them do something. Because this 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 Judgment Day thing for Finn Balor is going to be there. This isn't going to end well for him, I don't think, unless he unless he unless he switches sides at some point. Because the Dominic Mysterio thing is going nowhere. Rhea Ripley, I think, still has a ton of potential, and so does Damian Priest. Like, there's still there's still plenty they can do with WWE, but like, it feels like this is just some never ending feud with Edge, and now it's like if it's going to switch into more of AJ and the Good Brothers, we'll see where it goes. But that all said, I um I do think that like it was cool to see Gallows and Anderson on the show, but once again, like if it's just them and like no AJ, I don't know what their future really looks like. I feel like, I feel like in WWE, they're really, I, I don't mean to be a jerk to say this, but like, I feel like they're really dependent on being kind of like attached to an AJ or a Finn or something. Like they have to be attached to something. They, they had, they had, a, they kind of floundered as just themselves, um, you know, on, on WWE TV, but, um, and then once the new Japan deal as well, or the, the, like, I do think that Carl Anderson will still, defend um his title in new japan i'm I'm assuming i'll probably lose the title but that'd be badass if they got to wrestle wrestle kingdom and if if they wanted to open up to where like aj or like finn like those guys could wrestle wrestle kingdom and stuff especially if w if AEW still has some sort of deal with them where imagine if like we were seeing like matches that involve like wwe and AEW wrestlers but it was like happening in new japan like that's it's possible, you know, I think, I think the WWE or AEW would want a lot of those matches, you know, for themselves, yeah. you know, obviously, but it's just, it's just the idea. I feel like the idea is, is way more possible now. Like if we start seeing 
Anderson wrestling for New Japan while under WWE contract and you know stuff like that. So yeah, overall WWE, I think it's a good return. WWE should swoop in, undercut because Wrestle Kingdom this year is on a Wednesday, and to- Tony oh, really? has said like. I don't know the logistics of like trying to send talent because they got to do dynamite. And if they tape rampage, it's going to be tough to send like a John Moxley uh, when you, when you have dynamite to run WWE should swoop in, send AJ, send the good brothers, do a six man tag or whatever. Send Finn. If you need to do whatever you got to do, like send some of your top talent, former new Japan guys and send Shinsuke. My God. Send Nakamura. He ain't really doing a lot in WWE right now. Send him back there. And then like imagine that good faith move uh, to send those guys to New Japan for Wrestle Kingdom when AEW isn't going to send or potentially might not send any of their top guys. If WWE, if Triple H wants to really shake things up and fuck things up, this is what he's going to do. He's going to send Shinsuke, Finn, and AJ's, you know, here you go. You guys, you guys, you guys can use them. Who AEW send you? Who, who Tony? Who Tony send you? The gun, the gun club. That's who we sent you. Like, huh? I don't know about that. Uh, I, I don't know if Triple H is going to do that. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, as far as the Good Brothers uh, go, Doc Gallows, bless this man. Yeah, I saw that. He is the smartest. Call Kevin Nash. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he. He he does his shit, doesn't really bump or anything, just gets in, gets out, does his does his does his uh offensive stuff, paired with a great worker in Carl Anderson, makes a ton of money, always takes the best business deal, got got a bunch of gimmick stuff on the side, whether it be the podcast or the, the animated show or whatever they get to do on the side and stuff. Loved by the boys, just gets to do all of it, just gets to pop himself and everything. I aspire to be Doc Gallows when I grow up. This man, as I said, he's going to go down like Kevin Nash. Everyone loves Kevin Nash now. At the time, they're like, oh, Kevin Nash is a bad worker, didn't draw and everything. Kevin Nash made money, is beloved by everyone, has great opinions, still has friends. That's that's Doc Gallows. Doc Gallows, you're my hero. There you go. And I love how you're like, when I grow up and Gallows is like around our age, he's like maybe like four <laughs> years older than we are. I don't know if he grew, if he's grown up. He's still making the masturbation and dick jokes all the time. Yeah. So. Oh, I mean. When we, when we all grow up, mania. we want to be like Doc Gallows. It's true, yeah. And talk, I hope they can continue to do Talk and Chop and Mania shows occasionally. Oh, those, those things are hilarious. Yeah, like they just they just pop themselves and make fun of shit. Like, again, this is, this is what I aspire to be, Doc Gallows. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I, I do have to give him credit for that. And listen, I, you know, I, I know I said just a minute ago that like, as a tag team, you know, they kind of have floundered on their own in WWE and they kind of got lost in the mix and impact, even though they were the impact tag team champions for a lot of their run, it just felt like just kind of just mid, you know, but like, but I think them as people, like, I think they're really cool dudes. Like I, I really like Allison Anderson. Like, I think they're hilarious. Um, like I think Sour Boy is hilarious. Like when when Anderson will will do that that whole thing and stuff. And like like those guys, they're funny guys. And like there's a reason why they like they're so well. Um, like they're always praised by the other wrestlers and stuff, just because they're always the ones like making the jokes and having a good time and drinking beer and stuff. And like it just 
So, so I wanted to say that too. Like, even even though I haven't been the biggest fans of like their in ring or like I guess wrestling runs over the last like handful of years, really since leaving New Japan, I felt like they've just been kind of like stagnant. But like um, that said, I'm happy that they've signed new deals, um, especially considering their exit before like being told, you know, like to 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 stay around and like believe in the company and then getting let go and then going from like. It's well, especially with the interviews afterwards, it sounded like they would never go back. Like there was just no chance in hell that was ever going to happen. And then a lot of, yeah, the money, the money. And then obviously a lot of things changed backstage. I mean, that can't be stressed enough. That's a yeah. huge reason why a lot of these people are coming back. Um, or, or, and also why a lot of people want to come back. So, um, so yeah, I, uh, I, I'm very happy that they, that they, they're making money, that they're happy. They're doing their thing. Like I, as human beings, I think both guys definitely deserve the success. Um, I just hope that we get more out of this second run, you know. But once again, they're setting them up for success. Like, you're putting them right back with AJ, doing something Bullet Club related with Finn Balor and stuff. Like, they're if you're gonna if you're gonna succeed and never to be this run around, like this this would be the, the way to start this runoff, in my opinion. So I think that that's good for them. Championship District Wrestling, yeah. That our interview with the Diamond Sheik and Jameson Ryan coming up at around 11 a.m. Everyone stick around for that. Great interview. Great guys. Yep. We went about an hour with them. Yeah. And then we went a little longer because Jameson couldn't find his car. <laughs> yeah. I, I literally, I uh, when we were like halfway through that interview, I, I didn't even realize because I know we usually do about a half hour. So a half hour, 45 minutes sometimes if we're going a little long. And I realized we were getting to like an hour and I was like, Oh yeah, we've been going for an hour. Like I didn't even realize as it was happening. But yeah, I think you're, you guys are going to really uh, enjoy the conversation. Cool to see Championship District Wrestling here in the chat. Let's move on to our AEW spotlight. Uh, over a million fans uh, and a great number in the demo tuned in. And it was a great show, and I think it's been a run of great shows. Jensen, last night on the show, MJF cut this promo and we saw it last week we didn't do a show last week but last week he beat wheeler yuda and he they almost did the handshake but then moyarty attacked yuda and mjf was like what what's going on here why are you guys doing this then he was about to hit yuda with the ring william regal came down they got into a confrontation then last night he was asked about the handshake and stokely interrupted and then mjf told off stokely and then mjf is like you know everybody hates me I hate myself too, but this is who I got to be. I'm going to do whatever I can to, to win the title shift in character from MJF. And I'm personally fascinated by this and I'll get my thoughts here in a second. What are your thoughts on last night's promo and kind of th this change in MJF? Yeah, I, it's definitely interesting. That's for sure. Um, they're really teasing the idea of him as a baby face, but like, I don't, they're they're in a, they're in a really it's an intriguing spot because like everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule and of course the cost well BetterHelp can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule it's surprisingly affordable too connect with a credentialed therapist by phone video or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. MJF is getting cheered. And like a lot a lot of his like 
catchphrases and stuff are getting pops now. So like, it's it's just a matter of time. I talked once again. I talked about this with Doug on Tuesday a bit, but it's kind of like with The Rock when The Rock was a heel like early on in his career, um, and he started doing all these all these catchphrases. The millions and millions of The Rock's fans it started like you know at first no one was doing it, or you get booed. Um, the if you smell what the rock is cooking and, and, you know, um, finally back in X town or whatever and stuff like that. And like, eventually, like, and what, what's looking like, you know, soon enough, MJF's going to be on, I'm better than you and the whole crowd. And you know it, you know, I mean, it's like, there's like, it's, it's all. So they're, they're either preparing themselves and trying to get out ahead of it and being like, you know what? We know he's going to be getting cheered. Um, so we might as well start the transition into, I don't want to call him a full-on baby face because I don't know if he'll ever be a full-on baby face, but I could see him similar to, a, to a, a rock or an Austin, you know, where like they don't really change much about their character or anything, but they, they just start wrestling heels instead. And then now they're just getting cheered by you know, they're just wrestling people that the fans like less than them. Um, but it is the, the most interesting thing about that promo to me last night was how he said he doesn't even like the guy that he is. Yeah. So he's so he's basically saying like the MJF that the real MJF is a nice guy. And I am. So here's the thing I need to if y'all can if y'all can ever find this, I know I man, I have it downloaded because I've had it for so long. But like MJF years ago did some interviews where he was completely out of character. Um, and I don't want him to get a mixed up, but I think it was the one that he did with Ethan Page and Eddie Kingston might've been there as well in that one. But they did, um, he did this, he did a shoot interview with, uh, it was either RF or high spots. I can't remember this was a long time ago, but during it he's talking about how he's just like in real life he's just like this anxious guy who like before his matches gets like real nervous before he goes out in front of a crowd gets real nervous like and he just like sticks to the character because like no one else really does it in today's wrestling and like and and i and you can you can kind of see that maybe kind of becoming a little bit more of his character going forward where it's like i am a good guy but i know i have to be that guy when the when the when my music hits because if i don't i'm gonna get eaten up it's like better call saul like there a big theme in that show stems from when he's a kid he sees a guy rip his dad off right in front of him like like at a at a at a cash register and he realizes the guy gives him the speech about like sheep and wolves and he's like he's like you can either be like me and like go get the things you want or you can be like your dad and like get taken advantage of basically and it's almost like that with 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 mjf is kind of what it looks like to me is like he knows he shouldn't be that guy but he has to be that guy to succeed in this business um so how, how do you feel about it like do you think that they're heading towards a babyface run or do you think they're giving us teases of, of a potential babyface run so that when he like really goes even harder heel on us like it hits us even harder if that makes sense I think if he's going to go babyface run, he's definitely going to have to switch up promo stuff because a lot of his promo stuff is just biting stuff at baby faces. And I guess you could do that to, to heels. And how's that going to hit with the audience? But like, you can't be bringing up past drug use 
and stuff. Even if it's a, a heel person, you can't be like, ah, oh, your father died from, from an overdose. Like that ain't yeah. a very baby face kind of, of tactic. So, yeah. so some material has got to be switched up there. If he goes baby face, I'm with you of like the catchphrases and stuff. Catchphrases are just always going to get over. And even if you're a heel, like people are going to want to chant that shit. Like look at Chris Jericho. Everyone still sings Judas. He's a heel. Everyone still sings Judas. If something catches on like that, it's going to, yes, they were chanting Ocho last night so if that stuff if you get something over like that and it catches on babyface heel fans are gonna want to react to that i find this personality switch fascinating because i've always asked for some just some extra layers with with mjf i i think he's been kind of hit and miss on the mic since since returning i said it the other week i thought yuda kind of outshined him on the mic the other week and I'm not a fan of like, I'm going to win the title and take it to WWE. Like that, that was the same shit he was doing beforehand. Now we're getting a little bit more of like, you know, I don't even like myself. Like I've broken my hand punching my reflection, but I have no choice but to be the bad guy. And, you know, because that's what it takes to succeed in this business. And I'm going to be the champion and I'll do whatever it takes to be the champion. I think this is really good. I'm fascinated to see where they go with it. My only criticism is maybe a little too quick on it. Like he came back, he introduced the firm. It seemed like everything was fine with with Stokely and whatnot. And then within a couple of weeks, he's now mad at them because of how they're, how they're conducting business. And like, that's fine. Like I, if he's, if he didn't ask for this, he should be mad at it, but I thought they would just give it a little bit more, with the firm instead of, Hey, here they are two weeks later. It's like, wait, you guys have fucked up already. Um, but I'm actually, even though I think it might be a little too quick or maybe it's just in my head of, Oh, Hey, it was a little too quick. And I thought it was going to play out more. I'm not saying it's a bad thing that I thought it was going to play out more, uh, on this. Like if that's how they want to go, that's how they want to go. I'm fascinated by it. And you know, if they are a stable and retainer, yeah, he should should get this shit in line. Stokely shouldn't be going into business for himself on this. Um, yeah, I I'm really interested of where they go because he still has the chip, and right. that that's that's another layer to it. Like we saw him up in the the sky box eating the popcorn and stuff when Moxley and Hangman had a fucking tremendous promo segment. Moxley's in Cincinnati next week. Both you and I have kind of commented that hey, if you're gonna kind of maybe cash this thing in. Sensi after Moxley wins, this gets you tremendous, tremendous heat. You know, do they go in that direction? So all of this could be a red herring of, hey, MJF hates himself, but he's going to do this. He's going to win the title and he's still going to be MJF. And it, even if it's that, I just like that they they added a little something extra to this with him and it's not the same stuff we were seeing before he left and the first few weeks when he came back i like this little dynamic that they've added to the character and where they go with it it, they they can go with a couple of different directions with it and whatever choice they make regardless if i agree with this is the choice they should have made they've now added it to his character and i appreciate that and they could even make it something where it's like we start kind of feeling sympathetic for him he keeps uh he keeps like you know, kind of driving home the idea that he he doesn't like the person that he is, but like eventually he just makes it really clear. Like I hate myself, but I hate y'all 
way worse. Like I hate the yeah. fans way more than I hate myself, you know? So like, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Um, and we, yeah, we talked about it before and he mentioned it again, just now, like that, that that's kind of their options at this point. It feels like is to have him win the title in Cincinnati, in Cincinnati, because that's the place you're the most likely to get a bunch of heat for him winning the title. If that's, if that's what you're looking for, which is what I think they should be looking for. I think MJF visually, like, when MJF wins that world title, it should be a chorus of booze. It should be preferably it should be NWO style where people are throwing trash in the ring and stuff. Like I, I would just the more heat the better for MJF winning that title. Um, but that's that's the decision they have to make is do you go with that or do you lean into the idea of them going back to New York soon and like does he does he win it in front of his home crowd in the exact opposite? Where like, do you want the reaction of him getting a massive pop for winning that title in his own hometown in front of his crowd? Which I I, I personally think he should win the title in Cincy, get the big heat, and then he's gonna get massively cheered in in New York and New Jersey and stuff regardless. So like, just have him be the champion going into that show and to get the hero's welcome going in as champion because he's gonna get the big pop regardless. So that's how I would do it. But that is a decision they're going to have to make really soon. I just feel like the stars are aligning way too perfectly for all this. We're like, you're going to Moxie's hometown. He has a big title defense. Him and Hangman are going to have an awesome match. And if Moxie just kind of barely you know, squeaks by, especially if like the firm gets involved or something to ensure that Moxley like barely wins the match. And then like he's getting like held up like by the referee at the end of the match is the champ or the Blackpool combat club is like helping him to the back or something. And then boom, here comes MJF and he wins the title <clears throat> right after all that. Like the firm takes out the Blackpool combat club. So there could be nothing stopping MJF from doing what he's going to do. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I personally, that's the route I would go. I would have, I would have <clears throat> um, Moxley barely get by hangman in Cincinnati and then I'd have MJF cash in the chip right afterwards and win the title in Cincinnati. If they want the most amount of heat, that is certainly the way to do it. Moxley, we all know he was supposed to go on vacation after all out. It was six weeks, which would align with a return in Cincinnati. That was supposed to be, he said it was, it was part of the story, him going away. It wasn't necessarily he needed a vacation, but it was part of the story that he needed to be, off of television what that story was we don't know who knows if we'll, we'll ever find out but now they can do a thing where he loses the title like this and then he can maybe go away actually get his vacation but that also doesn't seem very john moxley of getting fucked out of the title and then being off television for for weeks at a time unless they do some type of real big injury angle and they could set that up of mjf is mad at the firm that's why he's yelling at him then it's all swerve. The firm just destroys Blackpool Combat Club on Tuesday. MJF is, is the big champion. Moxley gets injured and is taken out for a little while. They got they got directions here. They got options. It's possible we get the feel good moment in Cincy, and John Moxley deserves that too. Of just hold the title high and he remains the champion. I'm not even fully rolling out Hangman Page winning. I don't sure. know if that like I thought that promo was fucking fantastic. Last night, yeah. I wouldn't be mad if Hangman won. I don't really see them doing that. I think the the better options or the more likely options are a Moxley win, go home happy, and MJF win, get massive heat. Because a Hangman win is kind of a mixed thing, and I don't know if that's where they want to go. Um, but 
they got they got options on Tuesday. They definitely got options. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm not ever against the idea of Hangman being the AEW champion again. Like I think he definitely deserves it and is could be right back there for that title. Honestly, I had things played out a different way. I would have loved it to be to have been you know MJF beating uh, Hangman for the world title. Like especially if we would have known in hindsight what was going to happen with CM Punk. Like if Punk would have never won that title off of um off of um Hangman to begin with, and we're in this spot right now with Hangman still as a champion and MJF with his poker chip, like that would be really good stuff. Um, but I uh I think considering the situation we're in, and a lot of it has to do with it being in Cincinnati. If it wasn't in Cincinnati, I could definitely see it being more possible where Hangman might win the title. And then MJF comes right out afterwards and beats him for the belt. But with it being in Cincinnati, it just makes the most sense for, for it to be Mox getting getting beat by MJF for like the maximum heat. But um, and, and JD Duke said it in the chat. He he said um, we still don't know how the chip is used. We kind of do though. Like Tony Tony's basically said like as long as MJF announces he's going to cash it in, he just has to sanction the match. So they've been pretty vague on like. I, I don't think there's any real time frame that there has to be. Like, I really, yeah. I, the way that it's been set up makes it feel like he could come out at the end of the show, say, I wanted my title shot right now. And Tony just has to come out on the entrance ramp and say, he wants the shot now. It's official, you know, so. Other AW spotlight. Orange Cassidy is a champion. Steven Jensen, orange champion. He beat Pac in the main event last night to win the AEW All-Atlantic Championship after failing multiple times to, to get a title. He has done it. He is the champion. I think it lasts two weeks before Ethan Page takes the title. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they got to do something with Ethan. I know they've, they've hinted that that's the title he's going to be going for, though, or they've talked about. That the I, they directly said yeah, that's the title said, he was yeah. going after. Yeah. Hinted wasn't the right word there. But he is going for that title. Um, And, it, you know, it would have been cool to see him get a title shot in Canada um but well he's got to beat matt hardy and take his contract right 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 which does that i mean i'm sure that will happen so um oh and also i'll say we'll, we'll come back to moxley and and stuff when we get to the gauge match because there is layers in that aw mjf feud in that as well that we have to get to um but yeah good for orange cassidy man i mean his first aw match was against pack um we're years down the road now. I think it makes sense too. I mean, Pac, if he's going to be one of the uh, the trios champs, it doesn't really he doesn't need both those titles. Now that said, I I don't know what the really the point of the All Atlantic Championship is at this point still to begin with. I really don't know like what the. I mean, unless they start really, especially Orange Cassidy, like if he's going to start doing more indies again or something, like I, I the only re, the only way this title makes sense to me is if it's defended more outside of AEW. So like. Otherwise, I don't. I just don't know what the point of this belt is. Um, it just really feels like they just made it for the Forbidden Door pay per view, and now they're just kind of like it's here, you know. And we'll just attach people's you know flags to it to make it try to make it feel more international, even though the entire company is international and in everything that they do. Um, but um, that said, it was cool to see Orange Cassidy have a moment like that. He absolutely deserves it. One of the most over guys in AEW, pretty much from the beginning of the company. Um, has had some huge moments or so, and also some moments that like weren't technically his, like one of my favorite matches in AEW history is Santana and Ortiz versus best friends in that parking lot brawl. And orange Cassidy wasn't in that match, but he like, he like 
appeared during the match. Like he came out of like the trunk of the car and stuff. And like, he's obviously had his big moments with like Jericho and stuff, but like, this feels like them finally being like, all right, this is a reward for you doing all this great work for us for all these years, staying over. Pack doesn't need the title right now. Like in, in, in orange Cassidy is going to have really good matches, but I do think like, it would make a lot of like they got to do something with Ethan Page, like something, and it would make sense. It's all Atlantic Championship, um, if you won that title, and 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 that was like the the push he's gonna finally get. So, um, so yeah, it was it was a good moment for Orange Cassidy, and he's not a guy that needs the belt because he just kind of stays over regardless. Right. And his character is somebody who doesn't seem to care about the belts until now because Pac pushed him to this level but in general orange cassidy is not a guy like oh i need this title to to feel good about myself or to feel like i accomplished anything that's not orange cassidy uh but it was a great moment and but the character reason is why i don't think he's gonna hold it very long is because he just doesn't need it it's not it's not something that we know orange cassidy is like pursuing and everything ethan page has made it very clear this is the title he wanted ethan page also made it clear that like fuck meme wrestlers that's why he beat Danhausen in his first uh not match back but his first match after being part of the firm he beat Danhausen who is famously meme wrestler now he's doing this thing with Matt Hardy I don't think Matt Hardy's like a meme wrestler or anything but the broken Matt stuff was certainly very memeable and yeah. so maybe you can kind of lump him in there Orange Cassidy another guy who gets grouped into the the meme wrestling stuff so there's a very clear direction at least in my head for Ethan Page, and that's why I think Ethan Page is going to win this belt sooner rather than later. There's just too many things coming together where it's like, yeah, Ethan Page is, is probably winning this thing. But a good match last night between uh, Pack and Orange Cassidy, as you as you would expect from these two, and a good moment as well. Yeah, I, I wonder if um, if Orange Cassidy will bring back the backpack. Like when he was the IWTV champion, he used to just carry he had the belt it around. off air. He had it off air. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah, yeah, they referenced that. it off air. Yeah. So okay, well there you go. It's possible. It's possible. Let's move on to our other spotlight, Jensen. Our product is what it is. We're going straight up the middle. All right, let's talk about the good before we get to the bad. Impact Bound for Glory was last Friday. A lot of wrestling on Friday. Uh, your spotlight from this was Jordan Grace against Masa Slamovich for the Knockouts Championship. Fucking great match. But uh, your thoughts on it? Yeah, yeah, fantastic stuff. Um, if you want the full review of Bound for Glory, myself and Denise Salcedo have that available right here on the same YouTube channel, right here on Fightful. Um, I, yeah, I, I thought, you know, just just quickly, you know, I thought that Speedball, Mike Bailey versus Kaz was a really, really good opening match on that show. Um, I thought Tita, or Titus Alexander, we'll talk about him in a second. Um, Josh Alexander versus um, Eddie Edwards in the main event, I thought was fantastic as well. But my match of the night for Bound for Glory was Jordan Grace versus Masha Slamovich. I've been such a big fan of these women. Like, like Jordan, I remember first like really starting to get more on my radar around she she did a tournament out of Nashville. I think it was out of the fairgrounds, if I remember correctly, called the Making Towns Classic. It was run by Papa Hales and Jeremy, or not another Jeremy. Um, and um and I remember this was probably back in like 2017 or so, probably. And I remember back then being like, oh, Jordan Grace is going to be like insanely good. Like she's already good, but like she's going to be insanely good. Um, and I've, anyone who listens to the Fightful Select Weekender podcast, 
pretty much every week for the last four years, I've said like they need to do more Jordan and impact. Like just like whether it's, you know, and right, and right now they are like, it's great to see like they're, they're, you know, she's, she's having banger matches. She's the knockouts champion And Masha really came more on my radar. I'd say probably around the pandemic. And she is another one where I'm just like, she, she both of these women, especially in impact wrestling, cause they'll do intergender wrestling. They'll both of them could be their world champion. And I'd have no problem with it whatsoever. Like I, I honestly think that Jordan Grace will be the one to eventually beat Josh Alexander. When you, when you look at their roster, like she's, the, the one that makes the most sense to me out of anyone currently on their roster with the way she's been built and the matches she's having. Um, and I'd be fine with it being Masha too, if they built it right. Cause even Masha losing this match, she kept her credibility because she hit the snow plow on Jordan and pinned her for basically pinned her for the three, but Jordan, just because of her landing near the ropes, she, she wound up, you know, kind of getting lucky and, and not getting pinned. Um, but the match itself was awesome. Like it was just great stuff from, from start to finish. They gave him time. I want to say the match was probably like a little over 15 minutes, probably, probably, yeah. probably between 15 and 20 and just great stuff. Like that's, this is the kind of match where if there's anybody in 2022, because they're, they're, they're still out there, you know, like if you're, if you're out there and like, you still don't believe in like, you know, high level women's wrestling for whatever reason, like show this match to somebody if you know the person like that like like this is a great example of like i think jordan grace and masha slamovich are every bit as good as any of the male wrestlers in the company um and i mean that and that's not you know obviously mean that as a, as like a, a big compliment to them like i i think that they legitimately like i just said i think jordan grace will be the one to eventually beat josh alexander like in that that i think is going to be huge and they kind of to a degree need to rewrite history a little bit because their first female world champion that that didn't go over so well like long term so like you could really like you know jordan gives you kind of like a huge do-over if, if y'all know what i mean by that like and it, so um, and I think Jordan is just is every bit as good as, as Tessa was, honestly. I think Jordan, I think Masha is every bit as good as Tessa was. Like I like these women are incredibly, incredibly high level in ring wrestlers. Um, so yeah, if you missed their match at Slammiversary, I highly recommend checking it out. And they left it open to where like this 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 will definitely happen again at some point down the line. I think it's gonna be just as good the next time. And Masha's if y'all don't know Masha Slamovich by now, like she is, she is money. And she's one of the best indie wrestlers in the world right now as well. Like she's grinding the indies, having matches against just the top names all over the place and just killing it. So yeah, I can't say enough good things about, about Jordan Grayson and uh, Masha Slamovich, but the, the two of them rule and y'all need to, y'all need to check that match out if you haven't. There was a great intensity to this match. Uh, like every, everything looked crisp. It felt like they were in a real struggle, a real battle. Uh, I love the the finish with the, the Super Grace driver off the top. I thought that looked great. Just everything looked good in this match. The only, this is not a complaint. The only thing that caught me off guard was I thought this was going to be Masha's moment because they had been setting up, uh, they'd been setting up like Masha just kind of running through everybody. And it seemed like this was going to be her moment to win. Jordan Grace won. No issue with that. I think Jordan's having a good run. Um, but I, I thought they were setting up for Masha to win here. And now I'm just wondering, all right, who's going to take this title off of Jordan? 
because now she's beaten Masha. Maybe they do, and, and I could 100% see it going like this. Masha has talked about wanting to do some type of hardcore death match in Impact, and maybe that's the way they go is now Masha gets it on her terms because she did have sort of the visual pinfall. Like, Grace was in the ropes, so that that counts. It's not like it was a referee knockout and middle of the ring and stuff. That's poor ring awareness, uh, kayfabe terms, uh, for, for Masha Slamovich. It, she, you know, she should have uh, gotten her away from the ropes there. That's great ring awareness by by jordan but maybe that's the way to go is the intensity to this feud even goes up another level to where they do some type of uh death match and that's how masha takes the title but but you are correct in that go out of your way to see this match uh it was it was fantastic and jordan grace and masha slamovich great professional wrestlers yes and ace in the chat says uh it was bound for glory steven I, I, it was bound for glory i don't know if i yeah. maybe I, did i call it something else i might have um, but yeah, but Bound for Glory was the show that I'm referring to. So definitely, definitely check that out. Um, and yeah, I mean, I could, I could see Masha being the one to be Jordan. I mean, I could see Jordan doing like a, uh, maybe they would double cash in for cash in. Yeah. Can you, can you cash in C. option C? Does that work with the, the <laughs> knockouts title? Like it does for the X division title. Speaking it of spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, skip forward for a second. If you don't want spoilers. Kaz is cashing an option C already too. Like it's going to be him and um, and Josh Alexander at the next Impact Plus show. So, um, well, and that's kind of a good transition about... into the into the yes. other number contenders. So let's go so, ahead and talk about that. The other thing, I mean, plenty of things happened at Bound for Glory, but my spotlight is Bully Ray wins this Call Your Shot Gauntlet, right? And I'm just wondering why. Why is this man in any type of prominent position for a supposed major company in 2022? I, what, what are we doing with, with Bully Ray being in, in this position? I don't understand it. I'll never understand the, the fascination with, with, with him. Like I know he's the impact or TNA or whatever champion way back when I, does, I praise him as an interviewer on Busted Open. I think he's very good. But what are we doing with, with Bully Ray when we got plenty of other guys on this raw? Like Steve Macklin. I could Macklin win this thing. Like actual full-time guys who are around. Bully Ray is just going to come in and he's going to pretend that he's getting heat. And that that's that. It's I got no time. No time for this. And it makes me not want to watch this show because usually something like this is going to lead to like a title reign. And I swear if they put this title on Bully Ray, this company's already been set back decades by decision-making over the years. It's going to set them back even further if they think Bully Ray is the guy that we need to put the title on in 2022 or 2023. Just baffling decision-making. I think it's funny how you just, it's really, it's, uh, it's a good way of putting it though how they're the the book uh, what did you just say the booking decisions have set the back decades yes um yeah which is true there was somebody in the someone in the bound for glory uh post show in the comments that said something like um they were like this is my first impact show like i really enjoyed it but like i felt like some of the wrong people won some of the matches and i was like Dude, that's going to be a theme. Like, if you stick around as an Impact fan, I've, I've been going through this since 2002 or whatever, uh, since the Impact Asylum days out of Nashville when I was watching these shows off Kazaa and LimeWire. Like, 
there's going to be impact continually will have really, really good in-ring talent and it'll be very interchangeable. Like the names and faces are going to change a lot over time. But one thing you got to get used to is just bad booking decisions. Like it's just going to, you just got to get used to it. (laughs) They've got Chris Bay. They've got Ace Austin. Like they, they, they got, got Trey they Miguel. Should, Listen, they should elevate speedball past the X division at this point. Like they even, they got good veterans and I feel they've relied too much on them during Josh Alexander's reign. Uh, it, we saw it at bound for glory. Okay. Here's Eddie Edwards. You know, he's faced Shelly and Saban and I like all of these guys, but I, I, they've got talent that can be elevated and they've been sitting on this talent for years, I feel like for like two years now, I've been wondering when the Ace Austin elevation is going to come. I've been wondering when the Chris Bay elevation is going to come. And it just doesn't happen. And I don't get it. I don't know if I'll ever get it. And I, I don't know if it's too late at this point, but it does feel like they've missed the boat on these guys. And maybe it'll mm-hmm. happen at some point, but the further you wait, the longer you wait and stuff, the tougher it's going to be to accept, especially especially when you're waiting because you're putting guys like bully Ray above them. Yep. I completely agree. I, I preach this exact, this exact conversation almost every week. Like I, it, it, not only like you just said, did bully Ray win this, which is like a weird message to kind of put out. It's the same with, same with Kaz winning the exhibition title and cashing in is like, is like you're bringing people in that aren't as over that, like are are okay like for what they do but like to push them over certain people that have been there for a long time that that need these pushes that it just doesn't make sense to do this and it's the double whammy when bully ray comes in wins this call your shot gauntlet i should actually say it's like a triple whammy because macklin like you just mentioned he should have won this thing based on how he's been booked and elevated recently um he should have won but the the real the real salt in the wound is Trey Miguel, Ace Austin, and Chris Bay. None of those guys were even on the show. Yeah. Like they weren't not only did they like not even lose or whatever, they weren't even on the show. Um Speedball lost his title, but I agree with with you. Like they should be elevating him to to the main event scene for sure. And they do this has been a theme. If this happened with Willie Mack, the same thing happened before he left. Like where they just just for whatever reason, just didn't push him, just didn't push him, just didn't push him. And it's like the talent's right there. He's over. Like, why aren't you doing anything with this guy? Um, And by the time I I feel the same way, by the time that they finally decide to pull the trigger on Ace Austin or Chris Bay, it's going to be too little too late because at that point, they're going to probably already have one foot out the door already, you know, spinning the wheels of like where they would want to be next and stuff like that. And there's going to be a market for those guys for other companies. So like, um, that's, I I completely agree with you and it's been frustrating and it's been happening forever in impact where just for whatever reason, like they have their kind of like homegrown wrestlers that are right there and they're right on the brink of being like long-term stars and whether, whether impact it's a stupid mindset to have, but I don't know if it's that they're, they're, they're convinced and concerned that if they over over push somebody that they're going to leave anyways. So they want to like really invest in like the Eddie Edwards and Sammy Callahan's of the world who like, are just going to like be there forever seemingly, or do you actually take some chances on Chris Bay, ASOS and, and those kind of guys. And like, here's the thing. If you push them and you give them titles, like I think Jordan Grace is a good, a good example of this. She resigned not that long ago with impact. And I think it was a lot of, because of this reason, she was probably given, pretty good faith of like 
hey, stick around. And like, these are the plans we have for you. And we're going to really do all this with you. And she's probably like, okay, this sounds good. I'll do this. But like, you know what I mean? Like, like by the time that they, like, let's say they go to Ace Austin right now and they're like, hey, listen, for the next year, you're going to finally get a big push and we're going to give the world title. It's like, cool, that might work out and he might stay based on that. But I think he's way more likely to stay if he's your top guy for like three years straight. And then like when he's time to resign, it's an easy decision because he's the man there. And if he isn't, if he's going to leave, he's going to leave. If these guys are going to leave. They're going to leave. There's nothing you can really do if you're impact. You have, if you're impact wrestling, you have literally like zero leverage when it comes to any of these wrestlers, when it comes to free agency, because WWE is going to be bigger and better for most wrestlers. AEW is going to be bigger and better for most wrestlers. And depending on who you are, some of like the top impact stars are going to have different type of treatment and different type of deals, but there's going to be a lot of talents that are going to be in like the, um, who's a good example, like lady frost type scenario where you're in the company but now you're having to miss out on indie bookings because impact isn't calling you, but you have to be available if they do call you. So like, it's, you know what I'm saying? It's one of those things where like, if you're impact push the talent you have while you have them, because regardless of what you do with them, it's an uphill battle to retain those talents when they come free, become free agents anyways. Baffling decision-making the story of impact wrestling. Yeah. There's been a lot of them. But they continually have great talent. Like the shows are good. Like I'm not, I don't have an imp- an, an issue with their actual product really at all. It's just outside of certain people just not getting pushed to their full potential, unfortunately. And bully, a- oh sorry, bully, right. bully and, sorry, they're saying bully Ray winning that thing. Yeah, I, I'm sure it'll be like a hardcore match or something between bully Ray and um and uh, Josh Alexander or something. Like maybe that'll save it from. It'll probably wind up being better than what I'm expecting. Like they'll they'll probably over deliver like Sammy yeah. Callahan always does. Yeah, so. because Josh Alexander's great. He's he's awesome. He's Josh Alexander Bully rules. Ray is in this picture. Let's get to the indie spotlight. I want to give a big motherfucking shout out. You're giving a big motherfucking shout out to the new GCW World Champion, the man who saved his career. Nick Gage defeated John Moxley at Fight Club uh, with a little bit of help from W. Morrissey and Stokely Hathaway in the match, but Gage is the champion once again. I think we all kind of saw this coming when he put his career on the line, but the way Gage has been moving over the last year or so, and even the way he was kind of moving in this match, um, it was also like, oh, maybe this is Gage's time. But once Moxley, it was announced he resigned, five-year deal, and it was there was the kind of little language in there of like, it's going to work exclusively for AEW and, and promotional international promotional partners like New Japan. It's like, oh, wait, did they just spoil the, the GCW result? Nick Gage is the champion once again. What do you think of this match and, and this decision and just everything that went into it, Jensen? I mean, it's cool that Gage isn't going to retire because like he is still very over and like the GCW fans love him and uh, and I, I I don't think it's really a gimmick when he talks about like without wrestling. I don't think he really has much like you know. So it's like whether he's wrestling or or, or not, I think he's going to be involved like forever when it comes to like GCW and stuff or like indie wrestling or to some degree. Like, I think he just loves it too much. It's too much, about, uh, too much a part of him. And it helps him too much get through like his everyday struggles that he deals with. And like, I thought the match was good for what it needed to be. Um, it was inter- It was real interesting. Cause like to see AEW world champion, John Moxley get pinned by Nick Gage is pretty wild. But the way that they did it was smart. Like you said, the firm came out. W. Morrissey came out. Um, uh, obviously, Nick Gage hit some pile drivers and a choke breaker, got that pin. 
Um, and this is a layer of the story that I don't really hear other people talking about, but I, I think that this will cross over in AEW to some degree because obviously the firm came over for the GCW match, but we all have to remember long-term story when Jericho and MJF were having their feud and Jericho and, and MJF brought in Nick Gage to AEW to wrestle Jericho in the death match is like one of the labors. They can use that as a callback too of like MJF can pretend right now, like he didn't send the firm, but like if it comes, if it turns out that he did and he's like, yeah, I owed Nick Gage, I owed Nick Gage one. Like he came over here for me. So I helped him uh, beat, beat Mox over there. Plus I'm going to beat Mox for the AEW title. So I want to hurt him as much as I can but before before we wrestle each other um so like there's a lot of layers to it that i think make a lot of sense for like the crossover but it's also it's finally been recording it's something i've known for a minute and something that was like really confirmed to me over the week over uh the wedding weekend but like um it sounds like tony khan didn't want nate uh didn't want john moxley like doing gcw for a while now and mox has just been like well i mean what are you gonna do you know what i mean like i'm gonna do it either way so you know you know, so like, so now it sounds like they've, they've worked something out where like, he has this deal now, like you said, where it seems in the language of it, that he won't be in GCW going forward. And he probably won't be popping up on indie shows, at least not as often as he had been. Um, but that said, like, good for Mox, get the bag. You know, if, if you feel creatively, artistically fulfilled with the indie run that you've had, which was incredible, like, that's great. Just focus on AEW, take your vacations and stuff. That's totally, he, if anyone deserves that right now, it's that man. One, 1 million percent. Um, but yeah, cool to see the King Nick Gage with that title back and long-term story. Once again, I want Jordan Oliver to be the one to take the title off him eventually and have the story be that Jordan was the one in the gym with him, getting him prepared for this comeback. And he's got to be the one to eventually take that title from him. I think so. How do, how do you feel about Gage winning? And, and, and I'll also, not just Gage winning, but Gage pinning the current AEW world champion, John Moxley. They did it in a smart way with the AEW interference. So they could like tie it into that as like, well, he won and he did. I mean, he, it was two pile drivers and a choke breaker after uh, W Morrissey had, had come in. So it's not like it was a direct result of W Morrissey. He had to, you know, finish him off there. So the AEW tie in at least helped save some things. I don't think like the AEW audience cares it, that John Moxley loses these matches. Totally I agree. The GCW audience is just happy to see John Moxley there. I'm sure there's a very large portion of the AEW audience who like doesn't even watch this stuff and probably has no idea that John Moxley even had the title or lost the title over over this weekend. So I don't think it's that it's it's a cool thing. It's a cool thing for GCW and Nick Gage. It's a cool thing for John Moxley to do. I think if people are trying to look into it of like, oh, this looks bad for AEW, they're just looking for reasons to to be upset about things because I don't think it matters all that much to to that audience. Um, I hope Gage is is good and well coming out of this. There were very there were points where he was moving a little bit rough. Mm-hmm. I was worried about him. John Moxley looked a little concerned uh, with him on a couple of stages. I don't know if that Gage was looking a little bit rough the last year or so. Um, just moving in the ring. He took all the time off, still looked rough at points in this match. But then at the end, like he came through and all of his shit looked good. I do wonder how much of a factor of, you know, they were supposed to be inside the showboat. They had to move outside and it looked very cold outside. I mean, it's New Jersey in October. I imagine it's pretty cold. So 
I do wonder if maybe his, his body just got a little bit stiffened out there and that's why he couldn't move as well. But as long as Gage is healthy and good and continue to go, I'm obviously happy to, that he's still around and doing these death matches. For sure. For sure. Uh, my, my indie spotlight, Titus Alexander wins the West Coast Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Championship from Jacob Fatu. Alexander's been on the show, friend of the show. We took a photo with our guy, Righteous Reg, as well. Reg has called him the uh, AJ Styles of the West Coast out there, and we see it. We see it in his moves and everything. I thought the match was good. I do think they could have a better match. The, it was a little, the finish was uh, took a little while to set up and everything. Some of the stuff felt a little off, uh, but I will say, like, it was a long match. It did not feel very long. Like it flew right by. So Alexander and Fatu are, are great professional wrestlers. I do think there was another level they could have reached and maybe they will reach uh, in the future. But good, great for Titus Alexander. We're happy to see him succeed and do his thing out there on the West Coast. Yeah, and that's something that I, I brought up during our interview uh, a couple months ago was I was like, I want to see you and Fatu for that West Coast Pro Championship. And like, it's happened. He got that title. Um, they left meat on the bone, like you said, for rematches, which I'm sure will happen. Um, Fatu deserves a ton of credit for, um, I mean, his title run. I think you think he started the title run around like March. He had a lot of big success, uh, big uh, defenses against guys like Filthy Tom Lawler. Um, um, now I'm blanking. I, 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 I yeah, he had probably like six title defenses with that with that belt. Um, Jacob Fatu. I'm going I'm to look up his uh, his title defenses real quick because he had he had a good run of like six title defenses, I want to say. Um, so he match. beat Ricochet Page, Speedball, right. Tom Lawler, Bandito, Schlack, and he, he beat AJ Gray to win the title. So yeah, right. I like remember Tom him Lawler, beating AJ Speedball. for the title. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's a, I, I don't know how I blanked on that list, but yes, I mean, like all those names, like you know, RSP, I think was the most recent defense, yeah. I want to say before he lost the title. Yeah, so um so yeah, I, I, uh, I, and obviously Jacob Pachu, like he carried MLW on his back for years and years, and he still continues to be a big part of that product. But Titus, yeah, if y'all, if y'all want to know about more about Titus, check out his interview that we did right here on the spotlight. It's also available on Fightful Overbooked as like its own video. Um, and yeah, Titus is just a super, super talented guy. Great look, great in the ring, super athletic, innovative, um, and a guy who I, I've honestly, I've said this quite a few times, but I honestly believe it. One Now, especially with this West Coast Pro Championship, if he starts getting his name a little bit more out there outside of California, like if he starts coming out to like the Southeast, especially, um, just because it would be such a different environment for him and the fans here would love him so much. Like, and, and if he get on more with like JCW, GCW, that kind of stuff, if he just gets some more eyes on him, he's... I, I honestly think he's going to get swooped up by a major company like really quickly because he's going to be one of those guys that either he would come in and either be like, if you went to impact wrestling, he'd immediately be like an X division champion level threat. I think you possibly yeah. world title, depending on how they booked him immediately um, in a, in AEW, I think he would be a really great long-term signing for them. Um, for WWE, I think he would, he would kill it in NXT. And then I think he would, he would really, uh, have a really bright future potentially in the WWE under the new regime and stuff. So like, I think Titus and in new Japan, I mean, there's other options too, or even just stay on the Indies for a while and just keep grinding and, and really, really, really raise your value to where, when you do feel like a, a good time to sign somewhere that makes sense, you get, you know, your maximum kind of payout there. But um, yeah, I think Titus has an incredibly bright future 
um, in professional wrestling. And this is one of those milestone moments for him. Like he needed that West coast pro championship to, to build his resume and he's got it now. And I think he's going to have a, a nice long successful run with that title. Cause he already pretty much is the face of that promotion. So like now it, it may, it, the natural progression here is like, it makes sense for him to be the champion now. Titus Alexander is a guy impact should be throwing money at yep. and pushing over somebody like a bully Ray invest in these guys who are younger, who have a lot of goodwill on the indie scene and who, who can progress in your company rather than let's bring back nostalgia acts that no one really cares about or that have kind of run their course on things they can kind of do in the company. Uh, but yeah, they, I hope, I hope Titus one, I think this will definitely boost him overall. I hope he starts making his way around the United States a little bit more. We talked about that with him when, when he joined us, but yeah, he, that's the next step for him really is, is getting out, getting more exposure outside of the West coast and then just continue to grow from there. But shout out to Titus Alexander. It was a tremendous interview uh, for us and just uh, a good guy overall. And yeah, happy, happy to see him succeed. Impact, Scott more. what are you doing? Throw that man a bunch of money. Build him up as the next AJ Styles. Like let him, let him just have banger matches and put all the belts on him. Invest in guys like that instead of the guys you're currently investing in. I agree. Well, I gotta go clocking for work, Jeremy. Um, so thank you guys for watching the show this week. Appreciate it as always. Sorry we missed last week, but there were circumstances. Uh, there was good reasons why we didn't do the show last week. I was on my honeymoon. That's the reason. Yes. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at fight talk underscore F I G H T T A L K underscore use code fight talk on IWTV.live or independent wrestling.tv helps me out when you use that code. And tonight I'll be back. I'm doing, I'm doing a long day today. I had this show this morning. I'm working my full shoot job. I'll be back later tonight with Joel Pearl. We're reviewing impact wrestling. Oh, um, sorry. So <laughs> no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, they, they, we needed a fill in this week and Joel asked me and I was like, you know what? I'll jump on there. I like impact wrestling. I love bound for glory or at least most of bound for glory. Um, so yeah, I'll be here later tonight as well. Um, so yeah, I'll see y'all tonight right here. Same, uh, same place, youtube.com slash fightful. And I'm going to go clock in for work. Enjoy the interview with Jameson Ryan and dark sheep. See y'all later. Tell, thank you, Jensen, as always tell Joel Pearl, he's fired. Uh, we will get into our creator. There we go. There's a oh, Will Washington actually removed the bar from, from the dad look. Um, we'll get into our creator spotlight. And we are joined by the Diamond Sheik and Jameson Ryan from Championship District Wrestling. They got a show coming up on Sunday. There are the links below. Check it out. Go head over to their YouTube. You can watch uh, past shows. Head over to, if you're in the Atlanta, Georgia area, head over to the Eventbrite link that's below and you can purchase your tickets to go check out the show get into a lot of stuff with him so if you if you listen to some mjf interviews he dropped he name dropped the diamond chic the diamond chic is the man who made the dynamite diamond ring the third iteration not the first two and he tells that story of, of making the dynamite diamond ring and how the first two uh sucked uh we get into who made logan paul's chain so more more diamond stuff diamond scoops for everybody uh, we get into some of the training stuff that, that they've done at Nightmare Factory, getting advice from QT Marshall and, and Cody Rhodes over at the Nightmare Factory. Uh, they they plug their their show and talk about the guys they got coming up who are who are going to be working their shows in, in the coming months, teasing some big surprises there. Guys who are backstage 
at previous shows who uh, might might surprise you, who might be getting involved later on. Who knows? So great interview with those guys. A lot of fun. This is their second time on the show. Uh, they bury me if you're into that. I try to defend myself. But at some point, I'll probably go to a show and they will punch me in the face. But big thank you to, to Jameson and, and Diamond Sheik. Just tremendous guys. Yeah, Diamond Sheik's the best. Who, who would say that? Salt of the earth. Very true. Uh, but, but thank you to those guys. Hope everyone enjoys the interview. We're going to get to that right now. Oh, welcome back to the spotlight, the creator spotlight here on the spotlight on Fightful. I didn't even get my own intro correct. I'm still Jeremy Lambert. That is still Steven Jensen. And below us, two men back on the show, two-time, two-time guests on the show from Championship District Wrestling from the Nightmare Factory. They got an event Sunday, October 16th. It is Championship District Wrestling. It is... Uh, I was, I was going to say the Diamond Championship match, but that is Diamond Sheik against Carly Bravo. And the main event is Diamond Sheik. It is Jameson Ryan. How you guys doing? Good, man. Good. Semi-main. Main event, Nick Camarado and Psycho Boy Fodder. Uh, Second of all, uh, let me cut uh, you Diamond, off right there. It's not Jameson Ryan. It's head coach of Body Guy University, Pose Malone, Flex Luger, Arnold Pumpinator. Arnold Pumpinator, Jack Jameson Ryan. All right, next, right. next time, send me the send me the intro card so I can get oh, it man, right. You gotta be on top of this stuff, all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Too busy at the and, gym. Look, yeah, and I will say, I will say, the last time we had you guys on, after I talked to to both of you, Diamond Sheik became my favorite wrestler. So to me, he is always the main event. All right, that's fair. We'll, we'll hey, start this fair. feud right now, Jack James and Ryan. <laughs> all right, all right. Hey, okay. So, so this is a good, a good segue right into a good starting point for this. Okay, last time you guys were on here, before before we talked to y'all, there was a lot of beef, right? A lot of like social media beef between you two, and like you guys came on our show, and you guys were going back and forth the entire time. And I tune in to to Championship District Wrestling, the the inaugural show, and I see you guys have been in cahoots the entire time. Like, wait a second. Explain to us. Yeah, this this is you 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 swerved all of us. It's not a swerve, it's not cahoots. It's it's literally just business. That's all it is. There was a means to an end, there was an easy way to do it, there was money involved, there was people involved, and we got the results we wanted. That's the end of the story. You know, we in the business like to call that getting worked. Yeah. You guys worked us. So how all right, so how did it come together that you guys were were working together? When when did it start that hey, let's uh let's pull a we'll call it a swerve, but pull pull to work on everybody. Who reached out to who of like we should we should do this and we'll throw everybody off the track here thinking we got issues with with each other. Can I take this one? Can I take this one? Listen, By it is means. my first of all, just put it out there. Jameson Ryan is my best friend. You'll hear that a lot. He's my best friend. And when when these two guys, TSF, started talking about my best friend and how they were better than him, and Brandon the Bull Bullock, who is also – what is his title? What is his official title, Jameson? Assistant head coach at Body Guy University. That's right. Assistant – The Bull God, Brandon the Bull Bullock. That's right. When they were saying they were better than them, well, both of us decided at the same time that we're not going to let that stand. Yeah. Okay? That's right. TSF stands for two stupid friends. Because they, you know what? It's it's the second best three letter tag team in all of the Southeast. I'll give them that. Second best. First, obviously, BGU. Got to be right. So when they were dodging BGU left and right, no matter which territory we were in, no matter which 
ring we came to when TSF was on the card. They found some way to weasel out of their match. So you know what? We made it super easy. Paid them some money, acted like I was going to hire them for my team, and then we gave them we gave them the BGU business, didn't we, buddy? I tell you, there's no way to weasel your way out of a BGU beatdown, all right? <laughs> is is no this way. a 50-50? Is this a 50-50 partnership? Like nobody's name is in front of each other that you guys go get 50-50 on all the profits here? I like to put his name on top of mine. That's just good. because he is the bigger name, you know, he's the manager with all the rest. I just like to be on top. I'm a regularly. bigger guy, you know what I mean? So, mm, so sure, he's up there. Sure. That's just how I like it. We are equal partners, but I do it like is. to put his name but in the top billing because just to break it down for you, though, just to break it down for you, I own 25% of the company. Jameson owns 25% of the company. The company itself, District, which is, which is the venue and the organization of Championship District uh, Wrestling, is a sole entity. They also own fifty percent. So just letting you know, it For is fifty fifty. For the most 50, part, they 50. let us do what we want. They don't really care what. Yeah, we do. of course. We get away with some things that maybe say we no shouldn't. But you know, there's no commissioner, there's no manager, so we do yeah. what we want. Yeah. So speaking of the production, I think has been really nice that you guys have put together. Like the way that the venue is set up and the way that it comes across, like on the YouTube channel with like all the different camera angles and stuff. Like it's a really clean looking presentation. You guys have made it look like really badass in, in that venue, man. So to touch on the camera angles, I think the words you're trying to cameraman. for show two, uh, the yeah. last show that we just did and moving forward, we only use impact visuals, impact Palmer, impact reels. He's got like four or five different Instagram accounts. But it's one guy with a camera. He does parkour and CrossFit, and he's just running around. There's Ray, Ali's brother in the background, just moving around like crazy. He jumps up and down. I was at Southern Honor the other day. He was jumping in between the cages trying to get the best view for the War Games match they had. He's insane, man. He's BGU all the way just because of how in shape that guy is nonstop. Jensen, I think the word that you were trying to find earlier is flawless. Everything flawless. we do is flawless. Yeah, That's exactly what we aim for. We have for a flawless product that a product when you look at it you can't find any flaws it's just enjoyable it's good entertainment and it's good money that's that's all we aim for as long flawless as we're talking like... about production too real quick uh desi do photos uh she does a great job with all of our pictures commentary team brandon and gerard best commentary team out there that's not currently on tv might even be able to replace some of those guys too if i'm being honest our commentary team is flawless once again 100 we have a show director we have a show director, Dean Hiram. He's also a wrestler trained at the Nightmare Factory, but he's our show director. He does a great job. He's good. he's the guy behind the scenes putting everything together. He was doing the DJ uh, duties last show. Uh, unfortunately, he won't be here this show, but, you know, we've got people to fill in for him. But we have the best production team on any independent yep. show. One in more plug, Uma, Uma Lerman, just to get him out there, our announcer, great guy. Originally a wrestler, he's got some injuries. Oh, yeah. He can't really wrestle anymore. We wanted to get him on the show because everybody loves him. Throw him in the announcer spot. He's killing it. Oh, the crowd loves the crowd loves Lerman. They love that guy. He's awesome. I was putting over before uh, we came on air here the match graphics that that you guys have on, on your Twitter because I see a lot of independent shows and a lot of them look very thrown together. You guys, these are these are great. These are flawless match graphics here. Thank you so much. The guy who designs them is actually based out of India. Um, I wish I could say his tag. I, I actually don't know, unfortunately, how to pronounce it. But if you go to any of our match graphics, he's tagged in all of them. I would definitely suggest hitting him up if you have a, a independent wrestling show or any kind of wrestling show and you need graphics done. He does phenomenal work. 
was gonna look up the tag here, but I don't know if I'll be able to pronounce it. It's a, it's quite a tag, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I was just being real with everyone, but if you go to any of our graphics and tap on them, his tag will pop up. There you go. Yeah, try hit him up for match graphics. These are great. Uh, don't try to take anybody else with the the production team here. They're all uh, they're all part of the flawless team over at Championship District Wrestling. Right. Guys, what was I, I was saying flawless like the diamonds that, that you guys do. So that's hundred percent. Hundred percent. What is what was the feedback from from the first show? Whether it was from wrestlers, whether it's from fans, people backstage. Like what kind of anything? Where like, hey, maybe we could have done this. Maybe we could have changed this. Or everything here was was great. Well, you know, we should do this again. The only the only negative that i have personally i've i've loved both shows so far i thought every match was awesome i thought everybody's been killing it on all levels um the only thing about the last show that both of us didn't like we didn't have our radios so the time was way too long the show was too long, long. the live was show was way too wanted. long the youtube show was too long we're aware of that it's not like we don't a know li- that that little happened. little over three hours right for the second show mm-hmm. yeah correct and yeah on the youtube so live it was a lot longer it was a long day but that crowd stayed and the crowd was into it from start to finish the crowd didn't seem to care how long it was but for us personally we know it's got to tighten up it won't be an issue again we got our radios we'll hit our times the show will be under three hours that was just way too long but that's just the only personal note that i have as far as the show going everything else has been great feedback we have almost ten thousand views on both shows on youtube already um it's only two shows our social media is growing. We're almost at 10,000 followers already. We've only had it for two, three months. I think it is. Two so. months, yeah. Two and a half months. And, and yeah, we, I, on... I mean. Oh, go ahead, Don. I'm sorry. Sorry. So all I wanted to add is that Jamison and I are both trained at the same place, which is the Nightmare Factory. And we're, we were trained as part of our training is not just uh, a wrestling, like a physical training. It's a mindset training, right? So if you ever ask us if there's something – about our show that we want to fix or something wrong, we will always say yes. There's always room to improve and nobody's perfect. And that's the only way to get better. So we will constantly be putting out a better product than last time. Just want to say that for anybody that's watching or anybody that is uh, following along with us here, you'll always see something better than you experienced last time. You know, and I think that I'm glad you brought that up because it's a trend I've noticed from quite a few of the, um, the trainees of the nightmare factory, this like entrepreneur, I can't even say the word entrepreneurial, uh, like, like spirit. that's kind of like ingrained in y'all as far as like, like Baron black with battle slam being a good example. Like, like you guys are like doing some really high production stuff. That's, that's already, you know, catching a lot of buzz and, and it, and I feel like it, I, I don't know. Can you speak any more to that as far as like, just seeing kind of like your peers being so successful, not just as like wrestlers, but also like, forming these companies and, and like doing stuff bigger than just them for, you know, just for themselves and wrestling, if that makes sense. I'm, I'm yeah. sure Jameson will tell you this too, but, but we like to use our own people. We like to use people that train at the nightmare factory. Um, we were all trained to be good workers and to be reliable and everybody there has the potential to go really far in the business. I'm going to, I'm going to let Jameson take it from there. Uh, as far as the entre- entrepreneurial, I can't say it either. Um, but as far as that goes, like, I know, uh, Casey rocker, who's a big part of our show. He's going to be on all of our shows. He's, uh, getting over with NWA now. He's, uh, he's got matches all the time. He's winning on NWA. He's being trained by Damian Sand or formerly Damian Sandow there. Um, Darren Stevens. Um, and I know he is, uh, looking into starting up his promotion as well down in Florida. 
Um, so it's just, it's something QT has always told everybody there's more than one way to get a job in wrestling. So to only have a mindset of being one specific thing can only hold you back because there's so many other opportunities through different avenues that you can go down to get a job in professional wrestling, which can always lead to other opportunities to do other stuff too. I'm just going to take this a second to put over Jameson. I, if you guys like any of our storylines or anything we're doing with anybody in the show, that's all Jameson, to be honest with you. He's, he's not just a wrestler. He's the best booker I know. He has great ideas. He has a great heart, great spirit. He wants to entertain more than anything else. Um, so that's, you know, he's not just a wrestler. If anybody needs a good writer or anybody to, to like put on a show for them to help put a show together, Jameson would be that guy 100%. Big so, big sports entertainer guy here. There you go. So so you know, I was actually going to direct this question at Sheik, but now I'm going to direct it towards Jameson. But I want answers from both of y'all because this is a very important question. Something I I wrote down the second I saw it on your second show. You guys, all right. I knew you guys had involvement from one of my favorite childhood wrestlers, Ernest the Cat Miller. Okay, but I didn't expect to see the Ayatollah in action. So okay. that yeah, that go ahead. one yeah. I'll actually throw to Sheik. Oh, okay, let's go. I, I just want to hear all, all how that so, came together and just kind of his like openness to to doing that like the different character and just kind of how that all kind of came Ernest, about. I will say, Ernest awesome. has been very open to doing anything. He just wants to help out, and uh, you know he helps out over at the Nightmare Factory sometimes. He's helped train a lot of people, so he's very willing to just get on the show and do whatever we need him to do. What's great about Ernest is just like I said about Jameson. They just want to entertain. They want to put on a good product. They want to be, you know, as watchable as possible and just make sure the crowd really feeds into it and the crowd loves what's going on. So when we gave Ernest this idea of the uh, of the Ayatollah coming back from the from the wrestler movies, he was like, OK, if we do it, it's not Ernest. Ernest is a different guy. The Ayatollah is a different guy. So as you saw when he came out in show two, that wasn't Ernest the Cat Miller. Ernest Cat Miller actually left the building because he couldn't wrestle. His, his uh, lethal weapons weren't insured under our insurance policy. We're not trying to kill anybody. You know, we're trying, That's fair. We're trying to have a wrestling match. You know, it's not a death match. Three-time karate champion, man. Yeah, yeah three-time karate champion, dangerous dude, you know. So he had to hit the bricks. And then my client, the Ayatollah, who loves me and treats me like a son, came just because I asked him to. That's how much. He said, I got to be where? Surrounded by, by who? That's disgusting but I'll do it for you. So, you know, Indeed. I had to send the limo to the airport for doing a favor, but you know, that's how we got the Ayatollah long and short of it. Okay. I got, we got one, one more follow-up for that. And Jeremy, I, I don't, I, I want you to get your questions and trust there me, you. but this, I have these Ernest Cat Miller questions. There's sure. something I needed to, something I needed to bring up that I thought is an absolute travesty because I'm a big action figure collector. As you can see, I have like signed WCW figures behind me and stuff. And I've, I'm really into that action figure collecting. I have not been able to been able to find one Ernest the Cat Miller or Ayatollah action figure of any kind. Not That's one like a bought them all. Him, yeah. I, 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 if he didn't buy them all, I did. But anyways, it's it's you know it's the same thing with Glacier, who's also one of our trainers, yeah. uh, Ray Lloyd. It, they Glacier, I think, at least got like some sort of Hot Wheels made of him. Uh, yeah. Yeah, back when WCW was around, but and he has a uh, micro brawler now, like a more current yes. micro brawler. Yeah. yeah, recently, recently <clears throat> he did tell me that there was something in the works, and it might have been that micro brawler. Um, but you know, anything could happen, and especially with the resurgence of wrestling in the South and what we're doing and the show we're putting on, 
Um, I know people have reached out to me to do my figures. I'm sure they've reached out to Jameson to do his. So I can only imagine if no, you know, but you think they everything... would. I look like an action figure, dude. Yeah, very toyetic body. Absolutely, it mean, would. Yeah. It'd be so easy Mattel. to make you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, uh, you you might see something in the near future. So you know, don't don't. All hope is not lost. When it when it comes to the training at the Nightmare Factory, we know Cody, we know QT, great wrestlers, but as has been stated, also a mind like outside of wrestling. So we know you get the in ring training at the at the Nightmare Factory, and you guys have talked about doing other stuff. I mean, you're running your own promotion. Is there that type of training there? That where is it? Is it a course there, or do you just pull those guys aside or somebody else aside and be like, hey, can you give us pointers on this? Like. I'm basically asking, is there more training than just in-ring kind of stuff at the Nightmare Factory? Because that's typically all we hear about. I mean, I didn't go through the camps, so I'll let Ali talk about what they do in the camps. Um, I started before the camp started with just QT and Ray. Um, but I know for doing this show specifically, I went to QT because District had asked me if we wanted to do a show, if I wanted to run a show. And I didn't know what I was doing, so I went to QT and asked him if he wanted to do the Nightmare Factory shows there because they can't really do them out of where they were. And they definitely can't do them where they were, not where they are now. Um, and he told me, he was like, I could, but, you know, you could just do it, which was, I think we talked about this the first time we were on. And it was just like, what do you mean I can do this? I can't do this. And he was like, no, you can. He was in, like, you know, he just, if I have questions, I can hit them up anytime and he's happy to answer. It's, they're all, everybody there is very willing to help. They want to see us succeed because we're their students. So it looks better on them, the better we do. So it makes sense that they want to help us do better. Yeah, I didn't know if she wanted to elaborate on that at all. Did you did you guys catch what he said? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I, th I thought we were having some connection issues with Sheik. I, I could I could tell you <laughs> couldn't hear what we were saying. That's all right. It's back to the Jameson Ryan show. So. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, all right, Jameson. So how did you get so swole? Hey, I've been lifting since I was twelve years old. All right, I eat chicken and rice every day, chicken and beef every day. Uh, it takes about three or four hours at the gym every day. Oh, he's back. He's going to cut me off. You're gone for three seconds. This guy's already talking about his body. I mean, I asked the okay. question to be fair, though. I, yeah, go ahead and finish <laughs> up, bro. <laughs> I mean, I went today. I was there for about four hours. I did the tanning bed. I do the hydro bed. I do the lay down bed, the UV thing, where it shakes your whole body, the total body thing. If you ever go to Planet Fitness, do a big chest day. No, nah, it's all right. We won't talk about it. We can talk about that later. <laughs> You're telling me I can lay in bed for four hours and get that body? It's a bed. It's not the bed you want, but. Uh, okay. All right. But yeah, um, to backtrack a little bit, uh, you were talking about if there's any sort of like entrepreneurial classes or anything outside of in-ring training at the, at the Nightmare Factory, correct? Yeah. So I just want to go out and say, first of all, right now it's called Nightmare Fitness and Nightmare Factory is part of Nightmare Fitness. They've expanded their brand. We did um, move to McDonough. I work there now as well. Personal training, memberships, anything you need, hit me up. That's right. And, uh, you can get trained by the head coach of Body Guy University now. That's a real thing. You can come to Nightmare thing, Fitness, yeah. and the head coach of BGU will train you to look like BGU. You won't get in. We're not accepting. Parker Lee messed that up for everybody. We're stopped, we stopped doing exceptions. But I'll train you how to look like it. Go ahead, Chief. There Parker. you go. No, you're good, man. Uh, and so, like, like Jameson said, he would have been, like, class zero of the Nightmare Factory because he was there – just before all the camp started That's and right. whatnot. No class, me and Bull, no class. That's right. They have no class and they're proud. <laughs> so they, uh, you know, they, they do encourage, like you said, I think uh, it was Jensen maybe that said the word ingrained, right? When it was talking about the people from, from the factory having 
something in them to want to be more than just an in-ring performer. And uh, I think that a lot of that's a lot of that is true. We do have it ingrained. And, and I think it's the atmosphere is more kind of like you can really approach Cody and QT and say, hey, I have these ideas. Um, what do you think of them? And do you think that I could do it properly? And they actually offer guidance and help more than you would think. Um, it's not in like an official course that goes along with the training, but they're very open to our ideas and, and like our um, goals and what we could do like to tap into our potential outside of the ring as well. Plus you want to talk about being ingrained in us to be entrepreneurs. We're being trained by two of the biggest entrepreneurs in wrestling. These guys 100%. not stop the both of them, QT and Cody. They're opening up new businesses. They're doing new ventures. You know, QT worked his way from uh, talent on Ring of Honor to being the vice president of AEW. Vice Corey president. Rhodes history is obvious. Everybody's seen that in front of their faces. Oh, he's, he made the biggest. He made Even the biggest. Bi he, he made the biggest business move of 2022, if you ask me. Out of every wrestler, uh, I don't care what list you watch. I don't care what top ten or whatever. Cody Rhodes is number one always in my heart for doing what he did because he made a, a business move and and it flipped the wrestling world upside down when he did it. That makes two of his time and she Cody Rhodes is don't, number one in my heart as well. Yeah, on yeah, I love Cody Rhodes. Cody I'm Rhodes. a massive fan. Uh, speaking great of, guy. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I mean, I have to ask. I, I have to ask. Have you have you guys been seeing him around and like how's he looking in recovery? Uh, I saw him the other week. Uh, he just came by just to do some things in the office. He looks great, man. He looks great. You can uh, you can catch him on his Instagram, see, see a little bit of his PT process, and he's recovering. Um, he's doing well. I actually had the honor to go to his house the other day um, just to, like, catch up with him and, and talk some shop about district and a few other things. And, you know, he's he's doing great. Brandy's doing great. Libby's doing great. The whole family's doing great. Pharaoh and Yeti are good, too. Um, you know, it's, yeah, Coach is, Coach is doing great. He's He'll be back sooner than you think, hopefully. Is there any chance that he'll be at any of these district shows in person? I can tell you this. If he is, most likely you won't know. Okay, that's fair enough. I mean, I, I understand that too. If I'm I mean, I, I totally understand that. But I um yeah, that that's awesome knowing that, you know, obviously I assumed he would be supporting y'all on that, but it's good to know that he's, you know, helping y'all out and answering questions and you're that close that you're able to go to his house and uh and get advice like that and stuff that's awesome him and qt both man honestly both of them have been our biggest supporters and and biggest help like having them at our backs to kind of like push us up and and especially like when when jameson and i ran a first show we don't know what it takes to run a show you know there's so many moving parts and pieces and now i feel like just two shows in we're like okay you know we're we're a week out we we have a b c and d covered it's going to be so much easier the day of because we've been through it twice now and I feel like we're just becoming super professional at running a show. Yep. And everybody, I mean, everybody, obviously, Cody and QT are more than willing to help out. Uh, Billy Gunn even helps coach over at Nightmare Fitness now, Nightmare Factory. Uh, and he actually ended up coming to our first show. People don't know this because nobody got to see him. He was, he was back but there. He was there, him. and he actually <laughs> he made a comment like nobody asked him to do anything, and which is like just goes to show how willing everybody is to help out that, like, you know, in our heads, it was like, well, we're not going to, we don't want to. Yeah, we're not going to disturb, you know, <laughs> you know when like, anybody asked me to do anything. <laughs> we were like, oh, snap, I guess we got to ask you to do something. So hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> Which is great for you me because BGU was basically just jacked DX. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. 
DG no, is yeah. Jack DX, yeah. which Billy Gunn this, is Jack DX. Does that make does that make me the ninth wonder? Can of the we world? delete that? So you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, have you guys scissored Daddy ass? Now I have to know. No, I'm too. Uh, nervous. I don't want to ask him. It's maybe next time I see him because now National Scissoring Day has has been inaugurated. You know, yeah. Maybe next time at training when like I'm selling, I'll just roll around a little too close where his hand is, and I'll just <laughs> in there. Ah, the gotcha. Forceful scissor. Gotcha. Surprise scissor. Yeah. Surprise scissor. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Sneak attack scissor. Ha! Got him. Yeah. I think the availability that Cody and QT have are not are just as important as just any type of course that they can offer. The fact that they are willing and, and uh, to give you advice pretty much anytime you ask is just more, is just as valuable as like, Hey, let's uh, let's have a course. And then once you do the course, that's it. No, you've learned everything and we're not going to come back to that. So it's good that you know, QT is taking on so many roles in AEW and Cody is one of the busiest men in wrestling that they still offer so much availability to you guys. Like that's, that's just great to hear as a wrestling fan. Um, when yeah, it's not to... even just us too. It's it's uh, you know just us running the show. It's literally everybody. Everybody they train, they're always very open and willing to help out. They'll answer any questions. They always have time for everybody. I, I want to ask you. Mentioned them earlier. Uh, the co-main event. Uh, my man Diamond Sheik's in the main event. Nick Kamaroto. Who is dressing this man now? Is is it you, Sheik? Because like uh, he's so, uh, uh, two dimes. L- listen, I took I took Nick to one Louis Vuitton. All right, just one. And I just wanted to show him what the other side lives like, you know, and now he's just gone crazy with it. I don't know if you've seen it. He's, he calls himself Nicky Boy, wears a little fur boa, got like. Like, you know, he's been suit. hanging out with Cole Carter. Cole was recently in the mafia. Cole, so yeah, Cole's, Cole's one of my boys too, man. But like, you know, Nick's just coming into his own thing. And I think it's becoming a really like a good thing for him. And everybody's wanting to see where he goes with it. And I'm going to tell you this. The man is the man is hilarious. Actually, if you know him in real life, he he's a really good sport. He's a good dude, and he knows how to have a good time. So maybe that'll come out, and you'll see that more. And speaking of the opposite of that, Psycho Boy Fodder is not a good dude. He is not no. nice. Not about a good time. Let me tell you, this guy, uh, I hit him with the belt by accident, you know, in in that gauntlet match, and I kind of steer clear of him backstage now because I, I already know that if I get too close. It's like, you know, you put a finger out, the shark's going to chop it off. So. Yeah, ever, ever since then, man, those control your narrative guys, they, uh, they're they not too happy around the back backstage and I mean, locker rooms. They got they got their own thing going on. We still book them. Snuck. We, you know, we bring them in. I, I'm still cool with them. Sheik's a little off. The rest of the roster got their issues with them. They're, they're a little hostile right now. We're trying to keep things cool with the CYN guys, but we'll see. We'll see what one happens. of them we have to suspend him. I don't know if you saw, but he snuck a, a, a materials to do a fireball. The fireball into, guess into the, the show. Fireball. We didn't prove that at all. We we do security checks on all the bags. I don't know. Real how and raw Argosad. Fireball shoots Frankie Phil to one of the dicks, dudes in kimonos, right in the face. With, you know, shoot, I have to pay. I have to pay for ball. his hospital bill. I have to pay for Frankie's hospital bill. Poor guy. He can't see out of one eye now. Oh, the whole building smelled like just burnt dick. Yeah. <laughs> Hor- horribly burnt dude in kimono just everywhere. Just the, the, the odor of it. Just just bad. Like silk. Yeah, silk and dick. That's all I can I can say is what it smelled like. Burnt silk and dick. dick. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Flawless. Flawless, 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 <laughs> flawless, flawless uh, transition. And I mean, 
Sheik, I want to talk about your title match uh, here in just a second uh, because that's obviously a very important part of the show coming up. The main but, event. Yes, yes. The, the main event. <laughs> for, Jeremy, for, Jeremy it, Lambert. Yes. Jeremy's yes. like, after the Sheik wrestles, I'm going home. I don't care what happens. Yeah, everybody, whatever. You got. You might have a big surprise in the main in in the advertised main event. Doesn't matter. Once she <laughs> wrestles, I'm out. I'll tell you this, you Mark Jeremy, stick around, okay? There's some good stuff for you. You'll you'll smile from ear to ear. But yes, right. let's talk about let's just talk about anybody but Jeremy. Anybody but Jeremy, yeah. stick around. Well, in, in, <laughs> before before we get to Harley, I also want to shout out that I heard. If I if my mind serves me correctly, I think it was during the MJF interview on the Hawani on Ariel Hawani's show. He was talking about the diamond ring, and I believe he brought your name up on that show, if I remember correctly. Which which that's got to be cool. Like I, I always see like your name coming up with like rappers or like people who you know you're their jeweler. It's just it's just really cool like seeing your name pop up like outside the wrestling sure. world like that on a little tour here while you talk and show. Oh. Sure, yeah, you you could show them. This is my second home where, where Jameson is right well, now. It's working at Lux right now. Mm -hmm. This is so this is what I built. You know, that's the store right there. Nice. I don't know if you could flip it, maybe was, flip it around or show you guys, but you get the idea. But yeah, so uh, MJF and I are, are, are very close um, as far as our personal relationship goes. I made that uh, Dynamite Diamond Ring. And it was a third iteration of the ring. Um, I don't like to bury anybody, but whoever made the first two did a shitty job, and it was a horrible ring. Not the third flawless. ring, not flawless. Not that's flawless. a good headline right there. I love. It. I like that. The, the okay. third ring blows it out of the water. Okay, it's valued at one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. All real diamonds, all real gold. There's a video of me diamond testing it with a legitimate diamond tester, mind you, not one of the fake ones that all these Instagram uh influencers like to use in the middle of a mall it's an actual real diamond tester you could buy for 350 dollars. you have to go to a jewelry broker website to buy it um made that for mjf he loved it so much that he had the ring around for about a month pulls me to the side and goes hey man i want you to make an engagement ring for me i can talk about it now because it's already happened so that's two rings actually made that mjf is in possession of um but yeah, he's 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 good to me. I don't know if I could say he's a good dude because he, he's not everybody's <laughs> cup of tea. Um, but definitely salt of the earth as as much as I'm concerned. Uh, Josh Allen jersey in Buffalo, which really pissed me off a lot. But hey, you know, like I said, he's not gonna he's not gonna be everybody's favorite wrestler. But I like the guy, and and he's been nothing but nice to me. So uh, that's all I can speak about it. Uh, but yeah, I did create that ring. Uh, Lux Jewelers, my company, created that ring, and it was my idea. I pitched it to Cody. And Cody's like, can you do that in 15 days? Because we were 15 days out. It was at a dark taping in Orlando that I pitched it to him. Um, and it was December 1st, I believe, or something like that. He's like, we're like 15 days out from winter is coming. Can you do it in that time? And I said, hells yeah, I can do it. I'm the best there is. Don't even worry about it. Got Let's it done. Got the contract made. Kind. That's right. Handmade lifetime warranty. Come by. Mall of Georgia. I'll hook you up. <laughs> Oh, Sheik's internet oh, is... For a second. All right, back to my workout. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, I'm back now, yeah. All right, okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so to answer your question, yes, it did make that ring. He did give me a nice shout-out on, on that uh, podcast I was listening. Um, and, you know, it was great. Yeah, it was fantastic. Have Have you been contacted to do the fourth one? Um, I'm sure I will be soon because I don't know if they're going to do it again at Winter is Coming, but... 
you know, it's around the corner and they know that I do good work. So there you go. Do you, do you, this is somewhat of a wrestling related question nowadays. Do you think that like, are you familiar with like Logan Paul's impulsive chain that he gave to Aaron Carter? It was like a whole debate, like this whole debate about it last year, like whether or not like they're wearing sure. real diamonds and stuff. Do you, like, do sure. you, do you think that Logan Paul, like not to call him out specifically, I guess, but like, do you see a lot of that in like, where you see somebody and you're like, that's, that's so fake. Like they're, they're flexing and it's so fake. As a jeweler, be, having done this since I was 15 years old, I, I, it, what happens and what's being said in my mind is probably not a very good thing, but I've been, you know, brought up to be a professional, so it doesn't ever come out of my mouth. But yes, there are times where I look at something and I know what it is, but you know, everybody has their own situation and I'm, I'm understanding of that. People that shop with me all have their own situation. They all have different ways to get what they need and, and finance and do whatever they need to do. Um, what I can say about Logan Paul is that if you've seen the chain that he wore to WrestleMania or to uh, one of his boxing matches, you, you know it's the chain that you could load a graded Pokemon card into. Right. It has a Pokeball on it and everything. My cousin here in Atlanta, his name is Sonny the Jeweler, he actually made that chain for Logan Paul. So mm-hmm. I know, I can say without a shadow of a doubt that all the stones and the gold on that chain are legitimate. For sure, one hundred percent. The okay, impulsive chain, awesome. not sure, not sure who made it, but there's there's a lot of I like to call them foolers. There's a lot of foolers out there that pretend to be jewelers. So, see, in, in that particular situation, if my mind if if mine's heard me correct, I believe it was more about uh, so Aaron Carter traded change with Logan Paul, and I think there was a lot more debate on whether or not Aaron Carter's chain was real or not. And, sure. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, but anyway, I just figured I'd ask you about that because I thought that was something that was interesting just um, from your perspective, like knowing that everything you do is as professional you know, as it gets, like just kind of seeing, I'm sure you see a lot of that, uh, you know, on the flip side as well. So. Oh, 100%, 100%. I know, I know a jeweler in Atlanta who's being sued by three different artists because he was supposed to commission them pieces and diamonds and use moissanites. So you know, that's that some people try to cut corners like that just to make a buck. Uh, we don't do that. We believe that you should pay the price for what you want. And and that's what we charge you. We go, we sit down with you every step of the way. If you guys ever need a custom piece done, we'll sit down with you and go through everything, all the options with you and completely understand what you're getting. That's awesome. Well, and speaking of getting the best, that diamond belt, that's on the line. Carly Bravo. Give us your thoughts. How you been preparing? Is this guy, is this guy a major threat to your title. I think he is. I've seen a lot of his work. Got to see him live at Battle Slam a few times. Very impressive guy. Seen seen some of his AW work. Um uh Captain Sean Dean, him and they doing good good work together. So so what's what's your uh what's your preparation, kind of your thoughts going into this uh this this match? Because I mean, not only is it it's one thing to lose a championship, it's another thing to lose a championship that valuable. Sure. Um Jameson, did you have something to say real quick? Uh, just to throw in a quick plug, the infantry, Sean Dean and Kylie Bravo, will be at CDW next month. So Championship District Wrestling, the infantry, Sean Dean and Kylie Bravo. There you go. That's our November show. Yeah, November 27th, I believe the date is right now. Um, but let me let me get back to the topic. Uh, how did it happen? Uh, like I said, Jameson and I, we are 50% of the company. There's another 50% that uh, Carly Bravo had his people call in and basically say that he, he you know wants a title shot. And they thought, you know, just like you did, like he's, you've seen his work ethic, you've seen what he can do. And they thought that he deserved a shot. But me being part owner in the company, I said, listen, we can give him a shot. 
I understand that it's a draw. It's going to sell tickets. I get it. But we have to do it under Sheik's rules. And they said, well, what are Sheik's rules? And I said, I'll send you the black and white. You can read them yourself. So um, Jameson and I, we were at work one day. And Jameson asked me what the Sheik's rules were. I'll give you a few of them. I don't want to give them all away. Um, uh, we'll, we'll go more into it on the day of. But first of all, one rule that I really like is that you cannot strike with a closed fist. Okay. okay. This isn't a punching match. It's a wrestling match. You got to open up that fist. Open palm strikes only. All right. Another rule that I like is that he cannot go through the middle rope or over the top rope or jump off the top rope to attack me. And I can't do that to him either. All right. That will be disqualified. Yeah. It's not gymnastics. It's wrestling. All right. So we're, yeah, you could land perfectly. Uh, You're not going to get a 10 from me. You're going to get out because you got disqualified, (laughs) you know? So Sure. That's, you know, we, we got a few rules that we got to stick to to make sure it stays fair and even in a wrestling match and that he doesn't get to do all the crazy stuff that he usually likes to do. Um, if he wants to wrestle me and beat me in a wrestling match, he can try to do that. But that's as far as it's going to go. I like these rules. I, I like not going off the top rope. Very w, old school WCW. Come off the top rope, DQ, not having not having any of that. Yeah, no, yeah it's no. an iteration of, uh, of Watts rules that my coach QT used to use. But I got a few extra ones put in there just just in case you know he tries to get funny or smart. Oh, well, um, he won't be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, a little something up the sleeve. Now, uh, how's the training with Jameson been going? Like the the cardio, good. You, you look in great shape. How, how's the training been going? It's been going good, man. Um, I've been lifting a lot of um, food into my mouth, um, <laughs> I, which uh, which he actually told me to do because he said you need calories to burn calories. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jameson eats more than me, actually. He eats way more than I do, but but That's but he eats better. He eats better than me too. So ask me what my secret is in my diet. I eat a whole family bag of Doritos from Costco at least once a week. <laughs> at least once a week. At least. Okay. Hey, Taco Bell. This guy goes apeshit. Just Taco Bell. I had that. Uh, oh, what what's Adonis. your Taco Bell order? Yeah, give, give me your Taco Bell order. Steak quesadilla, cheesy gordita crunch, and a crunch wrap supreme. Okay, I'm cheesy gordita crunch guy right here oh, every time. You. Yes, sir. Crunch wrap, yeah. Crunch wrap is tremendous. Sheik, what you talking about, order? Yeah. Hey, those Dorito Tacos Locos, substitute the beef for chicken. Get that sour cream out of there. That's that sounds like a good day to me. Those are there very good go. too. Yeah, I love it. Jameson, this Sunday. What do you got going on, man? What's the future of Body Guy University looking like? Oh, well, we got a big tag gauntlet going on. There's nothing really at stake in this tag gauntlet per se. It's just for bragging rights, but championship district wrestling being the promotion that it is taking off. We got people from all over hitting us up. Now people from AEW are hitting us up. Recent people that were just in WWE NXT are hitting us up. We're booking all of them. So we're going to have some huge names coming in over the next couple months. We got people from ring of honor impact, everything. They're all hitting us up. Everybody wants to be on this show. I'm in a tag team. I'm also in a trio. So for me, it's all about the teams. Big tag gauntlet just to get everybody involved. We want to see who's the best. We want to prove that BGU is the best. So we got a couple of big names in this tournament coming up. We got Culture Inc., uh, Exotic Youth, top team. We got the guys from CYN, Control Your Narrative. The Dicks are going to be there without the burnt dick. It'll be J.R. Miller filling in for Frank. (laughs) Uh, TSF, Two Stupid Friends that we all hate. Hopefully they're out first. Uh, the Outrunners, who I'm very excited about bringing in here, uh, recent OVW Tag Team Champions. Uh, Outrunners are a big name. You know, I'm looking forward to them coming in. And, of course, 
BGU, and uh, we just recently added in the Workhorsemen to the group. Yeah, uh, they oh, were in our nice. first. Show, they were on our first show in the main event against the Factory. We're looking forward to having them come back. They actually, they actually contacted us. They're like, "Hey, we heard you're doing the tag tournament. We want in. We're the Workhorsemen. We want to work that." But hey, come on through, brothers. We got you. But now, again, Sheik's got his beat. Uh, Sheik's rules. I did insert one rule into this tag gauntlet, BGU rule. Me and Brandon, me and Coach Bull get to enter the tournament whenever we want. There's a structured order for everyone else, but they don't know when we're going to jump in. So big surprise for somebody. I would uh, I would imagine. Punch to the face from behind. I would imagine it would be the last team, but you never know. You never know. Oh, Opportunity to strike. Getting some wins Sometimes. and I'll get them out of there. We'll see. I might That's right. Yeah, yeah, I you do, never know. You do a fantasy draft in like NBA 2K or something, and you could set the draft order. You could start random, but sometimes you might just want to pick a little bit before the first pick or after the first mm-hmm. pick. Get the guy you want, well, and then especially I know if Coach it's Bull, Coach Bull is personally he's been begging me to get in there with top team. He really wants to work those guys. So maybe we'll jump in there with them. I don't know. I, I think Cole Drink is like a really slept on team as well. Like I think they're really, really talented. Um, I've seen more of Eli, like because I've seen like some of his like single stuff and like Chattanooga and Nashville and stuff, I believe, as well. Um, but Malik, I like I like too. I, I think I think that they're like they're really up and coming. I I, I think it's really cool that they're on this show as well. I mean, stack stack tag team. Very exciting young tag team. Uh obviously we have Kaya Dream. She she was on the last show. Um uh, she's part of Culture Inc. with them, so she's bringing them along this time. Uh, and I think they're all going to show out. Uh, speaking of Kaya Dream, she's tag teaming with her opponent from the last show, uh, Hyena Hera against the Renegade Twins, and everybody's looking forward to that match. That match wasn't even going to be a match, but we had so many requests for people to see Kaya and Hyena tag together. They just had such a good natural chemistry in their singles match that people wanted it, so we're giving it to them. And, and my girls, the Renegade Twins, said that they want to take them on. So, you know, that's what's going to – it's going down. I got to ask because people will yell at me if I don't. Who's been contacting you? Who who from WWE TV, from, from NXT, oh. from AEW? So I, will, like, I will give you hey. a tease on the uh, – the person from NXT has not wrestled since leaving WWE. Their match with us will be their first match back to wrestling since WWE programming. Uh, and they were uh, NXT Tag Team Champion. Uh, and they will right. be debuting with us in January. All right. Look at that. Oh, Jensen okay. is thinking. He's, he's going to do. <laughs> my, 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 my heart was racing. I was like, Jameson, don't tell them. Don't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. now, I got to ask. We have, a lot of, we have a lot of confidentiality agreements with District. Um, that, that doesn't ruin future shows because they, have, they also like to go through a structure of how our shows are laid out. So, you know, we can't reveal everything, but that was good. That was a good hint right there. Uh, if you do your uh, homework, you'll be able I to figure say it out. A few more names that we do have debuting coming up in November and December. Uh, we have Cody Hall. Yep. yep. Hall's son, the last bad guy. Big, big boy. We're looking forward to bringing him Huge. in. Uh, next month, we have Suicide coming in of TNA, Legendary Suicide. We're very excited. Wait, okay, hold on. But which, but who, but who is Suicide? Who, which iteration? Suicide. suicide. There's no. It's just yeah. so. Okay. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> suicide is coming. Okay. Got it. Got it. The suicide. The yeah. Suicide. The, the suicide. Oh, the I, suicide. I, I see. The suicide. Uh, I already mentioned we got Captain Sean Dean coming in to tag with Kylie Bravo next month. Uh, we have Ray Jazz coming in in December. 
Uh, and then we have a few other names that we're not ready to announce yet, but they're going to be big. I mean, we did talk about this last time, so I will say it. But at any point, the boss could show up and shit will go sideways. That's all I can say. That, that's why I'm sticking around after the true main event in case the boss does show up. Because He could, um, he could show up this show, next show, December, January. It's He's got a busy schedule, but he told me if the stars align, he'll be there. That's uh, the go. nice thing about it, man. I actually had this conversation with QT is it started off and it mostly is a student show. It's for people that haven't gotten opportunities or are looking to get opportunities. But there is, I, I mean, I personally like bringing in some bigger names. I like the bigger talents to come in and mix it up with the students or not even the students, but like, you know, the people on the indies that still are trying to find their way and give them some opportunities that maybe they otherwise wouldn't get. And it's worked out really well so far. Everybody's had incredible matches. The show has been great. The wrestling's been awesome. So we're really, we're really happy with the way that it's worked out between the mix of talent from top people all the way down to students. Just, just one example, great example of the banger we had last, last show was Khan versus Parker Lee. Oh, I loved it. I loved Phenomenal it. Phenomenal match. Khan was putting holes in Parker's chest with those chops. Go back and watch. Just the chops, I, man. I stepped outside for a second to get some air, and I heard a gunshot, and I ran inside. <laughs> And I looked Jameson in the face and I said, what was that? Do we need to evacuate? And he goes, that was, that was Khan. <laughs> yeah. After he gathered himself, that was Khan chopping Parker Lee in the chest. I was like, oh my God. It was crazy. And and the show is on YouTube for, for everybody out there. Yes. It won't be yes. live stream, but we load him up okay. uh, in the next day or two. Impact does an awesome job. He has the shows ready to go. Um, he puts out the Instagram clips immediately. So YouTube, it's usually, it'll be like a day or two and it'll be up. Really, to be honest with you, if you're in the area and you can make it, come and see the show because you'll see it a day or two before anybody else. You'll see everything happen. You'll see all the spoilers, and it, there's nothing like it live. You, if you gentlemen been to our live show, Jensen. So I, well, I've I've wanted to. I haven't been able to make it yet. It's tough oh, on Sundays for me okay. sometimes because it's like sure. the one day I have with family, so it's like. That that's the one the one that when it was live, I was watching the live stream. I was even I was staying with y'all when it was like going in and out and like changing around and stuff. I was I was following along. Um yeah, big we had reason, issues with big, that. <laughs> but, uh, big reason we use impact now. Big reason we use impact visuals. But, um, but I would it's family time, man. Big fight coming up Thursday. Yeah, we're we're gonna talk about that in a second. Thank you for reminding me. Um but but no, I appreciate it. And Jameson's reached out about me coming out to the show and stuff. And like it's something that if I'm able to make it, I absolutely will. Um, and if I can't, I'll I'll be sure to still put the links out there and tell people to go support it and everything. Absolutely. We appreciate you for doing that. But I will say this. If you come, I guarantee one thing. Whether you're a wrestling fan or not, you will have a good time. You will 100% have a good time. We've been getting a lot of non-wrestling fans. And that place is lit oh, yeah. from start to finish. They they go nuts. When it's cool because it's like the, the tiered, like – set up in there where people are like standing like above the ring and stuff so like even if you mm -hmm. aren't a wrestling fan you go in there get a couple drinks and you're just having a good time hanging out like it's cool like just, you got wrestling right there like this great presentation and i love how y'all have like the uh like the screen like that big screen that you can see from like the way like the yeah, camera sure. set up you know it's it's it's, it's a really we it's really really well set up last time the uh the lighting guy wasn't there the, the, oh okay this show this show we have it up uh, Ali has actually been taking a lot of his own personal time to make everybody custom uh, Titantron, you know, entrance videos. Entrance videos, yeah. So that's going to be pretty awesome when that gets going. Like we said, you know, we're not just in-ring performers. We go beyond that. So I, I definitely, like, took some time out and took my little tech skills and 
and have been assembling titantrons and songs like copyright free music for people that they could use to give them their identity at CDW. Um, and so when you come in, you'll start to connect with our wrestlers more by, by that and through their music and their entrances, which is such a big part of wrestling. As you guys know, any favorite wrestler you have, you can imagine their entrance. When their music hits, you go crazy. The glass shattering when Steve Austin comes out, the if you smell when The Rock comes out, you know, any of that stuff, the, the guitar riffs when DX comes out, it connects you to the wrestlers. So we're going to have a lot of that going on into the future. That's And that's a big thing for us, like putting these shows together. I didn't want it to be just another indie show where it's like you have your eight matches, people come out, they have their match, and that's it. When I watch wrestling, I watch Monday Night Raw, I watch SmackDown, I watch Dynamite, I watch Rampage. You think about Nitro. You want to you want to go watch an in, a wrestling show. You want to see what you see on TV. So we want it more TV wrestling based as opposed to just show up, watch these matches, and go home. We want it to be a full experience where you're coming out to you know State Farm Arena and you're sitting down and you're having a three hour experience of all wrestling, not just the matches. You get the entertainment factor. You get the lights. You get the music, the sound, and all that. You get the people around you, the crowd going nuts, the stories. Everything going on outside of the matches, other than just the actual wrestling, we want to incorporate everything to give people the most, uh, you know, the best experience possible. The venue has upgraded their fog machines. They got these crazy hazers that that fog up the place. They got these crazy lasers now that go through the fog. They give you this crazy effect. Like we said, the lighting guy wasn't there last time, so show two not the best example of what we can do. But show three, we got everything in full effect. Um, they got these lighted orbs on the ceiling that I'm sure you guys have seen that drop down. So even if you are standing up there and you get a, like kind of a bird's eye view of the wrestling going on, you got these orbs that'll come kind of into your vision and like give you this cool effect. So it's just it's an experience. And, and I think everybody should come and see it at least once. Yeah. And, and, and I can tell even just from like the sound you can hear, um, like when you're watching the show, like on YouTube, you can hear um like the crowds like they're making noise like for most of the show it isn't people just like sitting there like not moving or just being like what is this it's like people are actually like making noise and like into the show which i I think is really cool um jameson i didn't uh i i wanted to make sure to not forget to bring this up my brother a boxing trainer out of atlanta georgia brian jensen shout out to steel boxing and athletics um you have some friends who have some fights coming up if you want to go ahead and uh plug that real quick yeah, two of my best friends, Joe and Rich. Uh, they'll be fighting this Thursday for, uh, what is it, Buckhead Fight Night Charity Charity Fight Night, I believe it Something is. Something like that. I always forget the names of those shows, but it's a, yeah, it's a charity fight. Uh, corporate in, corporate in, Fight Night. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, so I'll be there uh, cheering them on. They'll win, of course. Joe's, Joe's undefeated uh, with your brother's help, of course, and Rich will be boxing for his first time, but he's going to win too. These boys are tough, and they'll be at our show on He's Sunday. also undefeated. Oh. He's also undefeated. Yeah, also undefeated. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. But they'll be they'll be at our show as well on Sunday, cheering us on. So, looking forward to it. Yeah, they were there. Um, I, I know for the first show, right? Because my bro- my brother watched the first show with me on YouTube, and he was like recognizing people that were like in like the front row and stuff. Yeah. So uh, when we walked out, like I opened up the show, I walked out, and the first person I went over to was Joe and Rich. We're standing right, right. there. Perfect. Yeah, we uh. We also have uh, two of our competitors going into an MMA setting on Saturday night at NFC, which is also happening at District. Um, NFC, the uh, the people that run that show came and saw our show and they loved it so much that they're like, we want to showcase some of your talent on our show. Uh, they do the night people... before us at District. So we're mm-hmm. paired up every month. They do the MMA, jiu-jitsu, grappling. They do all kinds of different fight styles on Saturday. A lot of amateur jiu-jitsu, yeah, going okay. on. 
speaking of yeah. speaking of NFC, uh, the person who won our first ever title match for the Diamond Championship title, Austin Green, will be returning this Sunday to Championship District Wrestling, and he will be returning as the new NFC Fights Heavyweight Champion. So he and is I... technically double champ. He's coming back, and he's going to have a match against anyone and everyone. He's just going out uh, there, and anybody that wants to get in the ring with him can get beat up by him. Oh, yeah. I Listen, I have a gift for Austin Green, which is I'm going to feed him as many bodies as he wants, okay? <laughs> Two people could come out, four people, five people, ten people. You never know. We're just going to let whoever thinks that they could beat him come out. It's an open challenge. They can come out and go to the ring and try their luck. It could be ring crew. It could be staff. It could be anybody that's on the payroll because they're all insured. They can come out and try to beat Austin Green. Will they beat Austin Green? That's yet to be told. But I know one thing. My this guy, he can't, even, he can't even get fights in MMA because nobody that, wants that's to. That's why I'm giving him this gift. How big of a monster he is. He knocks that's, people out in 30 seconds. It's exactly. Nobody wants to get in the ring with him, so that's why we're doing this. It's just an open issue challenge. Anybody and everybody, get in the ring with Austin Green and get knocked out. Uh, see, I we would go into a fight two weeks out, one week out. His, his opponent would back out. It's happened to us so many times. Austin just is he's ready to go, and he can't. He can't. He can't do anything. And uh, it's you know I wanted to reward him, uh, so I said you know I called my lawyers. We found some loopholes. Uh, they said if we do an open challenge, it doesn't have to be restricted to any weight, any height, any age. It does, you don't have to wait uh, two, three weeks. The anticipation won't be there for people yeah. to run off and get scared. Uh, you could just, you know, issue an open challenge. Whoever comes out, they'll have to they'll have to go against Austin. Yeah, yeah, I can walk and talk. Uh, we're closing up, oh. so I. Uh, oh, it's on wrap up. Okay, not a perfect yes. timing. Awesome. <laughs> well, yo, um, we would normally ask what the coolest thing in your rooms are. Um, we did that last time. Um, I know that you guys are not probably in the best spots currently. Jameson's just going to show off the entire you know, showroom. Jameson, Jameson's in the coolest room that you've ever yeah. been in. <laughs> okay, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. That's that's, that's very true. Yeah, hey, show us show, the coolest diamond. Show them the show them the picture of MJF with the ring. It's right mm. over there with the Jets bottle. Turn around behind you. Oh yeah. If you go over, yeah, walk towards that wall. Look over the showcase. Uh, you'll see the Jets bottle. A uh, little bit. Look down. You'll see the Jets a bottle. It's a Jets water bottle. You see it? Yeah. There's a picture of me and MJF right there. Oh, there you go. There you go. Let's say J- Jameson's got the the coolest thing we're ever gonna show on this show. Let me get a closer. Yeah. That bottle was also signed by all the defensive linemen of the New- of the New York Jets. So that was also awesome. yeah. That's also a cool thing. And then right here. Look at Very that. Very cool. There you go. Guys, Coolest thing we, in my we, room is uh, <laughs> is this 120-inch screen right here. Yeah, that's with, yep. with a laser Sony laser theater projector that they use in cinemas. So damn, that's pretty Jeez. much the coolest thing. A little in my large, room. but I can't be surprised. I mean, oh, this is just my this is just, here. I mean, this is nothing. this is just my basement in Lawrenceville, Georgia. It's not even my only <laughs> basement. So yeah, you know, it's one of them. Awesome. Um, um, guys, real quick, I don't want to hold you guys up too much longer. We've been on here for a minute, but if I could just read through the card real quick. Yeah, yeah. go for it. So, main event, uh, not Sheik and Carly, although in Jeremy's heart it is. Nick Camarado versus Psycho Boy Fodder. We have Sheik, we have Diamond Sheik versus Carly Bravo uh, for the Diamond Championship title and a Sheik's Rules match. We have Angelica Risk versus Kelsey Reagan. 
uh, Vary Morales versus Terry Yaki, Dave Stage with Trip Jordy versus Dylan Leston, Parker Lee versus Caleb Tennedy versus Randy Wentworth of Snowflake Mountain, Netflix fame. Um, we have Shaza McKenzie versus Caitlin Alexis, we just added to the card today. Uh, the tag gauntlet, which we already talked about. We have Noel, uh, who is discovered by David Crockett himself. He's a six foot seven monster athlete. We're looking monster. forward to bringing in. Uh, he's going up against the Monster Factory, who's also been acting lately. He's going up against Jai Cole. Is who is what he was going to say? <laughs> Jai Cole. Um, I don't. I don't know if there's any more matches. Honestly, he has the card. So um, <laughs> there we go. We lost you for a second at Jai Cole. We lost you. James has that, uh, the mall, mall Wi-Fi. Yeah. yeah. No, mall yeah. Wi-Fi. I gotta get my. I gotta get my steps in. <laughs> so we we uh, we lost you at Jai Cole. Uh, Jack, you know, he's uh, been doing some acting lately. He's breaking into Hollywood, but he's training out the Monster Factory. He's a big, big boy. So him and Noel, we got to reinforce the ring because those two monsters are going to tear each other up. I don't know awesome. how Austin and Ben are going to feel about that because they're <laughs> – Oh, yeah. Know, they That's... like to think they're the biggest ones. I don't want to uh, spoil too much, but we are working on a big man division. Uh, it's going to be just all the big hosses that we can find. On independent wrestling, we'll bring in some people from AEW and Impact. Anybody that's got them, the big boys, we want them. Six five plus, three hundred pounds plus. Plus, bring yep. them all. We want them. Yeah, I know Anthony Agogo has done some stuff with y'all. I can see him being a part of that. That'd make a lot of sense. Oh, Agogo, we uh, we're working on bringing him back. He's over in London, uh, but when we get him back, he's he's ready to go full Hulk Hogan and take down some of these guys. <laughs> There you go. Well, Jameson, let the people know where to find you um, on social media and, and all that stuff as well. Uh, Instagram at Pose Malone. On Twitter, it's at Pose Malone, J-R-Y. Uh, and then you can also follow the district pages. It's uh, district underscore wrestling on Instagram. Sheik, I don't know what it is on Twitter. You made that one. I think it's uh, C District W on Twitter. Yes, on that C is, yeah. That's our email as well, C District W at gmail.com. Gmail.com. Email yeah. about bookings, any sponsorship opportunities. We are looking for sponsors. Please hit us up. Uh, we'll put your shit on everything. <laughs> and she, uh, <laughs> anything left to plug in plug for, your, for your own personal stuff as well in the diamond business? So, if you, hey, if you want to get the best jewelry in the world made, contact at Lux Jeweler on Instagram. That's jeweler without the S at the end. Lux is spelled L U X E. Uh, if you want to contact me for bookings or to to you know work on district or whatever, you can contact me at Diamond Chic on Instagram, at the Diamond Chic on Twitter, um, and then of course, just like last time, I'm going to say it's a tough world out there. If you need help, reach out. There's people here to hear you. Uh, as you guys know, it's October. It's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, uh, so support anybody. We've all been affected by cancer one way or another in our lives, whether it's through someone we know or someone we know that we know. Um, but, you know, even that connection is it's too many people being affected by the disease. Um, so, you know, either one of those things, speak out, get help there. We're all here in this together. Yep. And I went out the wrong side of the mall. So I got to go back through. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you said it last time, Sheik. Like, great, great body. The, the, the brain sometimes just the decision making. <laughs> Wait, can we? Can we can we take got, five got, seconds of silence? Wrapped up in my brain between <laughs> district Wait, wrestling shows, workouts. It's about all the space I have. Where I parked my car, Jameson. Thing 
for this from I want to take five family. seconds, five seconds of silence just to stare at you. <laughs> God, he's beautiful. All right. There it is. Just, there there beautiful, is. Man. beautiful man. Oh, there we oh, go. Shredded. Dude, dude shredded. Billion dollar body, baby. Basically natural. Basically clean. Basically. Yeah. Basically clean. <laughs> yeah. Cleaner than the motor oil you put in your cars. Hey, absolutely. Hey, hey. I'm not judging over here. That looks, that looks great. You guys are killing it. Thank you so much for joining us again. We really appreciate Thank it. Absolutely. Thanks for having us on, guys. Uh, Jetson, hopefully we'll see you Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll definitely let you know. And if 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 not this Sunday, I, I assure you, I will be there at some time in the future. Absolutely, just November twenty seventh oh, is our next one. November twenty seventh. You know what? That one's yeah, real possible because I I um, without getting into it, I, I won't. I, I'll probably be free around that that time of the month. Actually, hey, so I'll probably be. Get your turkey. Get your wrestling. Yep. Nothing goes. Oh, nothing more American than Thanksgiving I wrestling. Shout out to uh, our guys over at Tapped Out Podcast. They've been. Uh, Doing a lot of advertising for us up. They love the show. They came to the first one. They don't even. Absolutely they don't even speak about indie shows. Uh, they don't even talk Myron's, about indie shows. The one host, Myron. It's his birthday this Sunday, so we're putting him up. They're gonna have a great time, coming to get drunk. And yeah, they don't talk about indie shows. They only talk about the mainstream TV shows. So the fact that they're putting us over every week tells you something about Championship District Wrestling. Is that you need to tune in, watch, and subscribe to our YouTube so we can monetize that motherfucker. That's there right, baby. Guys, we appreciate it. It is Championship District Wrestling. It is Sunday, October 16th. Uh, under this video, you can check the link out. There will be a link to the Eventbrite. There will be a link to the YouTube page and the socials as well. Watch it when it hits on YouTube a couple days after the show. If you're in the area, the uh, Atlanta, Georgia area, go check it out. Go go support these guys. They, they're always very kind to us. We appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, you guys enjoy your week. Have a good show on Sunday, and we'll be right back here on the Spotlight, everybody. Big thanks to the Diamond Sheik, James and Ryan, for their time, as always. Great guys. Uh, great guys. Salt of the earth stuff right there. Uh, check them out, Championship District Wrestling. Again, the links are below. Please support them. Check out their YouTube. Subscribe. Watch, as Jameson said, so they can monetize that motherfucker. Watch the show when it airs after. When it airs, uh, it airs on Sunday. When it comes out uh, next week, I, I assume. Uh, and I'll, I'll make sure to promote this on, on my social media as well. And if you're in the area, the Eventbrite, go check it out. Get your tickets. Head over. Say hi to those guys. Go support Go support what they're doing over there. As it's going to wrap it up for us today. Let's see. What do we got? Day, day after Dynamite with Will Washington. Later on today on this channel, 3 o'clock, Will will be reviewing Last night's Dynamite with a special guest. I will potentially do my typical run-in. Um, and check out last night's Dynamite Review Show with Alex Pulowski and the the very talented Jonathan Alba. Happy to see him on the channel while Sean is being a part-timing vacation bitch um, over in, over in uh, Toronto. I believe he's in Toronto. I don't know. He just travels. He just goes places and doesn't tell anybody and just goes on vacation all the time. Must be nice. Really must be nice. Guys, enjoy your week. Enjoy your weekend. Everyone take care of yourselves. Subscribe to Fightful Select. Go to Fightful.com. Thanks everybody for support. Love you guys. Bye. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. 
Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.